This is the unofficial One Piece podcast, episode 243, for the week of Monday, November 12th, 2012. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. And on today's episode, we have a lot of really cool and different stuff for you for the first time in a while. Yes. Uh, first off, Stephen will be joining us for a very large portion of the episode, and he brings with, uh, with him uh, a Volume 68 recap. So we go through the SBS and all the little cool things in Volume 68, One Piece Movie Z stuff in there. Um, so very cool. Listen to that. And he also joins us for a manga recap of chapter um, 866, I think we're up to. Um, chapter 866, eh? Chapter 866, that was right. And uh, we also have an anime recap for episode 572. And we have an interview. Zach, are, are you sure it's 866? Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to make fun of you and you didn't even play along there. 678? 676? Uh, whatever. Um... <laughs> There's a number, and it starts with a six. Um, and we also have an interview with uh, Viz Media uh, Vice President of Animation, Brian Igay, uh, who's here to talk about uh, Neon Alley and how One Piece has been doing on Neon Alley. So some new stuff you probably haven't heard elsewhere, so give that, uh, give that a listen. It's a little later in this episode. Uh, before we get started, the podcast awards, still going strong. They end November 15th, so that's coming up very soon. Remember to vote every day. Uh, we are nominated in entertainment. Still again, woo. Ed. Woo! Thank you. Um, so make sure to vote there. That's at podcastawards.com. Also, a big announcement. We have opened a Tumblr, and I had been getting a lot of requests for this. Um, and it's going to be a lot different from our Twitter and Facebook. We're going to have images and fun stuff and screen grabs and stuff from the manga that we like. And... Um, we're going to put that out there, and that is out there, actually, at onepiecepodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, have you checked it out, Ed? I have not had the chance yet. So I've had a busy week. Now. Well, I know. Um, we also, um, I also want to announce, uh, over the next, uh, in 2013 mostly, we're going to change the way that we do uh, our social media, so keep an eye on that. We'll probably have more from the entire cast and not just me. Um, and not just retweets like from Twitter. Uh, Facebook's probably going to be the same since Greg's been handling that fine. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I think that's everything except... Um, just to say that we, that Steve and I hosted a panel at Anime USA this morning and it went really well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, I know you guys got to watch some of uh, season four... Yeah, we, we showed the uh, the uh, what the fifteen and twenty people who came. Uh, the it was uh, early on a Sunday, so yeah. yeah. Well, and also, Anime USA is a small con. We don't. It usually, is, yeah. I mean, the last few years we haven't gotten more than thirty. I don't think. Yeah, probably around there. Um, but yeah, you guys got. Yeah, to watch. We, we showed them the two Aokiji episodes. One last thing uh, before we get into the podcast proper, we will be going on our Podcast West hiatus. Um, so Podcast West is going to be taking over as we go to finals. Uh, we do this twice a year, every year. This is no different. Um, we're going to our last episode, the one that Ed and I, maybe Ed and I'll definitely be on, uh, is November twenty sixth. Uh, that's the Monday after Thanksgiving. After that, um, I'm going to be gone for a little while. I'm also taking a trip overseas right after finals. I'll be back right before Christmas, so you'll hear my beautiful voice. I'm being very sarcastic about the beautiful voice thing. Uh, you'll hear my voice again uh, right before Christmas. Um, but there's some very cool things coming up uh, before then. I'll hopefully also be able to take part uh, in as many ways as I can with the Christmas special, which hopefully will be before 
uh, that, um, or will be right after that or around that time. Uh, so keep an ear out for that. Um, but other than that, I think that's everything for now. You want to get into the news, Ed? Let's do it. Now it's time for the news with Ed. And beginning, uh, really good news to start off the week. For the week of October 29th, November 4th, One Piece Volume 68 debuted at first place on Oricon's Japanese comic rankings, selling 1,555,724 copies in the first week out of a printing of wow. 4 million. That's, 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 uh, yeah. And was it released at the beginning of that week even, do we know? I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. But uh, <laughs> it may have even been less than a week that that came up. Uh, in One Piece film Z news, a new commercial came out recently on Japanese TV for the upcoming film. Highlights include Kizaru scoring off against the film's antagonist, Z, as well as Academy Award nominee Teruyuki Kagawa, who plays Bin the Navy Ninja. <laughs> Crunchyroll's reported the video also makes mention of singer-actress Yoko Shinohara, who plays Ayn, the sexy scientist. <laughs> yes, that's the quotations from Firecrash. The sexy, saucy scientist with the saucy sassoon. Anyway. <laughs> The article reconfirms that Ayn's Motomoto fruit allows her to reverse a person's age. Bin also has a Paramecia-type devil fruit, the Mosa-Mosa fruit. However, its respective power has not yet been revealed. Well, I don't know Japanese, but we should have asked, we should ask Stephen that at some point. Yeah. Uh, and next, uh, a new TV commercial premiered for the upcoming television special, One Piece episode of Luffy, The Hand Island Adventure, highlighting uh, Kobe and Helmeppo's appearance in... Uh, what Fire Crouch calls the Oda supervised airing. I think he m- meant production. But. Yeah, I think he meant production too. Yeah. And uh, yes, in, in Weekly Shonen Jump News, the most recent issue contained an illustration by Ichiro Oda. Of well, Kinshika. I also want to point out uh, I talked about this with Greg a little. Uh, there, were, there was an illustration uh, of Kenshin that Oda did, but actually, this was from a little while back. Um, so if you see it as a recent thing, it actually came out a little while ago. Uh, and he mentioned, and Firecratch also mentions this article uh, had picked kind of a fight with Oda, uh, saying that it kind of looks like a, a little too much like Zoro, essentially. Um, and the comments say, saying that it looks like Zoro cosplaying are also Nami cosplaying. But the thing is, I don't see it, and Greg also, if, if you follow him on Facebook, um, doesn't quite understand it. I thought it was one of the weirdest and I'm going to just say a poorly written article uh, because it doesn't – I don't really see why. I mean mm. it, it doesn't seem like legitimate criticism, and I agree with Greg on that count. It's kind of odd that he picks this thing up and then just says, oh, it's stupid. It looks like Zoronami. I mean I'll leave it up to you guys to decide if you agree with the criticism or not. And in One Piece sort of event and merchandise news, to coincide with the December 15th release of One Piece Film Z and the holiday season, an illuminated Thousand Sunny replica has appeared in Tokyo's Aqua City Odaiba, the shopping complex that's next to Odaiba's Seaside Park. Those who come out to the attraction will be able to participate in a smartphone app tie-in, Stamp Rally, as Greg has described uh, previously, mm-hmm. where prizes such as stickers, scarves, and augmented reality markers can be won. Crunchyroll's report of this story, which can be found on crunchyroll.com slash news, and was posted on November 8th, also includes YouTube-uploaded videos highlighting the Light Up Thousand Sunny and the premiere of Z. The article also includes pictures and info for upcoming One Piece figures. 
You'll find pics of the film Z candy toys. However, Crunchyroll did not provide a release date or w- release date window for them. Excellent. The excellent model portrait of pirates. Um, let's see. One piece Neo DX Shiryu. A one-eighth complete figure comes out in mid-February. And the figure arts zero One Piece Bonnie comes out in late February. The excellent model portrait of pirates One Piece Neo EX Boa Hancock version blue comes in late March. And the Blackbeard version 1.5 is due out in early April. Uh, Continuing on with more merchandise news. This is game news, actually. Namco Bandai Europe posted a trailer on YouTube for the Grand Line edition of One Piece Pirate Warriors, available digitally on the PlayStation Network in Europe, obviously. This version of the game comes with special DLC costumes and additional scenarios. It was released on November 7th. And on November 5th, uh, Imperial Enterprise, Japanese mail-order retailer, started offering a new limited edition One Piece wristwatch as part of its One Piece premium collection, Titled New World, Aratanaru Shishin. Next pose is what that means. Uh, the watch is only available. Uh, it's got a limited run of 9,999 yen. <laughs> it's limited. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, well, it's more limited. It's limited like those, I don't know, those Pat Labor box sets I bought were limited and they came out five years ago. Yeah. Although this will probably sell out in, in minutes. Go uh, on. It, it, its design includes a clock face with the Straw Hat Pirate's flag, Thousand Sunny Fiddlehead. The hell is a fiddlehead? Anyway. Uh, Luffy's three- it's a head you put on a fiddle. Clearly. God, what the hell? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, Luffy's 3D 2i message and the New World log post. The watch comes in a special wooden box with the Thousand Sunny log and it's priced at 29,300 yen, which is a little over $350. Uh, before before you round off for the news, I don't know if you remember the song for this, but we have some news on Twitter, which means we... Peace the news? No, tweet the news. I don't right. know what it's called. Tweet um, the news. It's been a while since good, I did. Good, good try there. Um, we have a couple little things. Since we haven't done a Tsunami podcast in a couple weeks because of the hurricane, uh, there's actually some One Piece related stuff. As you may know, Tsunami has a Tumblr, which is one of the many reasons we got one as well. We, we copy. You know how that works now. Uh, following along the trends. But uh, someone asked on that, uh, would, would it be possible to ever get a clear answer as to why One Piece was removed from the block in the middle of its third season back in 2008? Were the ratings suffering, or was there a more complicated reason? And it was a fad, and he continues the person asking this. It was a sad fate for such a great show, especially when the dubbed improved greatly when Funimation took control. Uh, the person answers... We were told it wasn't doing well. I mean, this is the person from Tsunami Answers. We were told it wasn't doing well enough in the ratings to justify the cost of continuing the license to uh, license the show for air, sadly. And he ends, we love One Piece. So uh, at, at least there's love there. Kind of. I mean, we kind of knew at the end there that's not too far beyond the scope of what you would think was the reason. Yeah. Um, also... Uh, I've, we have had a lot of uh, trailers, and we've posted those all on Twitter and uh, and Tumblr of the uh, of the movie Z, including Avril Lavigne's song, which I know you all want to hear very badly. So you could go check those out if you want. And there's also a trailer for the up- upcoming episode of Luffy. Uh, those are also all available um, for us. And finally, and more of a reminder, uh, One Piece is now on at 9 p.m. Uh, on OnePieceOfficial.com if you're on the Eastern. Uh, so make sure to reset your One Piece clocks, if, if that's a thing. Sure. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that's everything, though, right? Alrighty, let's go to the next one. Okay. Hey everyone, uh, we have a very special guest on today's episode. We have Pr- Brian Ige from uh, Viz Media. He's the Vice President of Animation. Hey, Brian. Hi. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do with Viz? Uh, sure, yeah. First, uh, thanks for having me as a guest here. I'm really excited to be on the show. Um, I, so I'm the, like you mentioned, the, the Vice President of the Animation Group here. Um, basically, that includes anything related to um, anime. Uh, so that includes our home video business, uh, electronic sell-through, streaming, uh, as well as our newest initiative, Neon Alley. And, and how has uh, Neon Alley been going? I know it's been, a, I think, a couple weeks now. It started in, uh, early, in I believe, early October. Uh, how's it been going? Yeah, we've, um, we've been uh, up and running now for a little over a month now. Um, it's been really good. Uh, you know, we've... we've um, you know, obviously only available on one platform right now, so um, it is a little limited in terms of who we can reach. Um, you know, obviously we hope to change that in the future, but um, so far it's been great. You know, we've received a lot of, of feedback, uh, both good and bad, um, and we've kind of been, you know, obviously evaluating all of that and taking all of that into consideration as we kind of think about the next uh, phase of the application. Um, Ed, do you have a Oh, sure. Uh, you mentioned before that you're only on one console network right now. What are some yeah. of the challenges and benefits that you've run into in trying to get on other networks? Uh, well, I mean, in terms of, you know, the um, the benefits of being on a console, I mean, every every sort of delivery platform right now has um, some pros and cons, you know, and, and being on a gaming console, I think um, we saw that there were a few more pros than uh being on traditional satellite or cable. Um, one of the big pros for us is it gives us the opportunity to expand into different territories, um, which we wouldn't be able to do if we were on traditional satellite or cable. Uh, so, for example, Neon Alley right now is available in both uh, the U.S. and Canada. Um, so we're able to broadcast to um, both audiences, both countries at the same time. Um, you know, obviously we have a, a home video business in both territories, U.S. and Canada, so it makes sense for us to be able to communicate um, consistently the same information and content to the audience. Um, the other big benefit is that, you know, with the gaming consoles, um, we, have, we feel that we have a very, very focused audience. Um, you know, we have a thriving uh, download-to-own business right now. Um, on both uh, the PlayStation and Xbox consoles, and we've seen that our content um, has done very well, uh, you know, in in terms of sales uh, through both the PlayStation Store as well as the Xbox Store. Um, so we felt that you know we have a very focused audience there, and um, it gives us an opportunity now to really try to take advantage of the fact that these gaming platforms are trying to become more of a complete home entertainment device and not just for gaming. Is there any uh, possibility of expanding to other um, English-speaking territories, or is that not really something that's possible for Viz as a, a U.S.-based? No, it's, company? it's it's definitely possible, and again, that's that's one of the benefits of being on a, a gaming console. You know, it's easy for us to just turn on different territories. The challenge for us, obviously, becomes the rights. 
right. you know, when right. we acquire things or, or we're getting rights from uh, rights holders in Japan, um, it just depends on what rights are available to us. And obviously, when we work with third parties for content for Neon Alley, it also depends on their rights. Yeah. So, you know, first, we're trying to, um, you know, build and produce a solid product for the U.S. and Canada. And if we can do that... Um, and you know, prove that this is something that can work. Uh, you know, definitely other English-speaking territories would be on our map. And how has it been doing a, a kind of like live schedule instead of that, <laughs> that kind of download time? Yeah, so it's been. Um, you know, I, we've gotten a lot of feedback about that. You know, I, I think obviously in this day and age, everybody is used to um, video on demand, watching things when they want. Um, you know, on different devices, um, on their own time schedule, um, which, again, I think is great. I mean, I use that service myself. Uh, I think video on demand is an important tool in terms of helping to grow our business. Uh, but the one challenge with video on demand is just the sort of discoverability, um, you know, in terms of new shows and getting that in front of an audience um, when you're trying to promote it. You know, uh, licensing companies typically have a, a, a window of time when they acquire a show, promote it, make it available for sale. And, um, you know, it's, it's still important for us to be able to communicate that to an audience, um, you know, the same way that broadcast does right now um, on traditional television, which is to get you know the viewing audience to watch the content all at the same time, um, so that you're you're promoting and marketing uh, in a consistent way and over a consistent uh, timeline. So that's one of the big benefits of what we're trying to do with this linear service. Um, obviously, broadcast still works; it's still around. Uh, networks still launch new shows via linear broadcast. Um, there have been some experiments with video on demand, but it's still been difficult for even major studios to launch new shows on video on demand platforms. Um, so for us, we felt because of all the new shows that are coming in um, and you know trying to grow the audience that uh, presenting the content this way um, was something that was missing right now in the sort of anime ecosystem. Um, I think Adult Swim, you know, Cartoonami is really the only destination now for this type of programming. Um, and so we wanted to enhance that, you know, and basically supplement the market uh, versus creating another video on demand service and competing with partners that uh, we currently work with. Now, and I'm not sure of the answer to this, but do you know of any other linear uh, programming that exists on the game, gaming console networks right now? Actually, I don't. Um, yeah. But one thing that I do know is is that you know with cable and satellite now, they are trying to push this new. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. This TV everywhere concept, no. where you can watch you know your re regular television channels through oh, yeah. computers, gaming platforms, that sort of thing. So they are trying to push new ways to watch traditional television. Um, and I think gaming consoles are, are one of those areas. But again, it comes down to rights. You know, it's always that always becomes the challenge when you're trying to expand to different platforms, territories, um, and especially when you're a, a traditional broadcaster trying to go online. Um, typically, that always becomes the biggest challenge. But um, outside of live sports, I don't know of any other of any other channel right now that's that's done anything like that. Um, and what kind of vision do you have for the block overall? I know we've seen mostly uh, Viz shows right now, mm -hmm. actually except for One Piece. Uh, what, which what, is a Viz manga property. Which so. is a Viz manga property, so it works mm -hmm. as a cross-promotional uh, thing. But, I mean, what, what's your overall vision for the block and what kind of programming that you guys want to have in the future? 
Uh, well, you know, for us, again, it's really about growing the anime category. So we're looking for, you know, obviously shows that we feel have really strong crossover potential, uh, not only with a casual audience, but also that the core fans love. And, you know, a show like One Piece obviously has that kind of potential. Um, it's proven itself as one of the most popular and highest rated properties in Japan. Um, you know, and so we felt that it would be a great addition to Neon Alley, in addition to some of the other, you know, shows that we have that have had a lot of popularity and success here in the U.S., like Inuyasha and Naruto and Bleach uh, and Death Note. Um, but, you know, the goal is to really try to find uh, that sort of high-quality, you know, great storytelling, great character-type uh, storylines and shows for us to bring over. Um, not really genre-specific at this time. I mean, right now, obviously, a lot of our shows are a little more action-oriented, um, more on the shonen side. Uh, but, you know, in the future, that doesn't mean that because it's a 24-7 program channel, we have a lot of available inventory. <laughs> so um, we are going to be doing some testing with some different genres, um, and we are actually working with other third parties outside of Funimation, like Aniplex. Uh, Aniplex is actually the one that's provided us with the Blue Exorcist show. Mm-hmm. And um, we are working with Tai Seng, who is one of the largest distributors and importers of Hong Kong martial arts uh, live-action films into the U.S. And so we do also have some live-action martial arts programming available as well. Now, as far as what kind of, uh, I guess... In the broadcast world, they call it standards and practices. What sort of um, demographic or like age bracket are you going for? With um, is it does it vary depending on time, or are there certain things you wouldn't want to put on at certain times of the day, or how do you work with that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's a little different in the online space versus traditional broadcast. Uh, we're not as restricted, which is why a lot of our content is shown. Well, not a lot. All of our content is shown uncut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no, you know, in terms of language or violence, um, you know, that stuff we feel by editing kind of takes away from the show itself. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to find something, a vehicle that where we could present the content in its purest form. Um, so in terms of challenges, I mean, and audience, I mean, really we're looking for, um, you know, content that kind of speaks to that teen, older teen, and 18-plus audience. There's a lot of programming right now for younger teens and kids on traditional broadcast, a lot of destinations for that right now, but um, not many for sort of the older teen and 18-plus audience. So we wanted to, um, and that's usually where a lot of the editing happens for that kind of content. Mm-hmm. So we're going to focus on that type of, of content, really kind of speaking to that a little bit of an older audience, um, knowing that we won't be as restricted or we won't be restricted in terms of having to edit the content. And um, we think that that demographic would, would really enjoy the fact that we can present it to them in its original uncut form. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, One Piece's popularity in Japan. How is it? Do you know how it's been doing on the block? And do you see it mm-hmm. as a foreseeable... Do you see it as a consistent uh, part of Neon Alley? Yeah, it's actually been doing very well. Um, outside of our premieres, so the shows that had never been shown dubbed before, um, it's one of the highest rated shows on the block. Um, so I, you know, we are definitely going to continue to look to, to add more episodes um, and more One Piece in the future. I mean, even maybe 
you know, potentially expand to the movies. Um, and uh, but it, so far, it's been doing really well on the block. And you know, like I said, as of now, you know, the plan for us is to continue to show it and continue to get more episodes and expand upon what we have now. Kind of goes to a question that we had, but have you had any preliminary talks with Funimation about possibly putting um, never before seen dubbed episodes on the on Alley first? Uh, yes, so we have. I mean, we're in discussions, you know, with a lot of the different anime studios, not just Funimation, um, Sentai, you know, like I mentioned, Aniplex as well. Um, but, you know, again, for a company like Funimation, you know, they have multiple media outlets themselves. Already they have their own channel, they have their own subscription business, they work with the same partners that we do. So we wanted to try to, you know, kind of find um, one property to start with. Uh, that we felt would work for both of us, and which is why we started with One Piece. Um, you know, our con- our conversations are still ongoing, uh, and I think you know there is definitely some interest on their part. We're just trying to work together to figure out what makes the most sense and can benefit both of our businesses, which is, you know, like I said, a little bit of a challenge because they do have similar services on their end. Um, but we are trying to find some sort of middle ground and a particular property that we feel can work and benefit the both of us. Um, but those discussions are still ongoing. Um. And do you ever plan on having any sort of original material, you know, uh, stuff that you may see in, say, um, sorry, see on DVDs, like behind the scenes stuff, or just, you know, uh, I think I, I think back to like, you know, semi-successful uh, productions, like maybe an anime TV kind of thing, or something where you have discussions about shows. Uh, yeah. So we, you know, one of the great benefits of of running this channel is that. Not only do we control the content, we also control all of the um, advertising and space in between the shows. Um, so, you know, we are doing things like um, we have event coverage that we're, we have small little interstitial pieces on event coverage. Um, we do have a couple of behind the scenes things, uh, behind the scenes uh, content that's programmed into the channel now. Um, right. We also, you know, show things like. Um, uh, upcoming conventions, you know, top sellers in the world of anime and video games and DVD, uh, things that the audience, um, we know, we feel would be definitely interested in. Um, and our commercials also speak to that as well. Uh, you know, we're trying to work with a lot of partners that um, have content and uh, products and services that pertain to this audience. Um, but obviously, it's, you know, broadcast or Broadcasting commercials on traditional television is extremely expensive. Um, so we're trying to create Neon Alley to be this kind of go-to destination, not only for content, but for also things like event coverage, you know, like you mentioned, behind the scenes, um, information on upcoming conventions, retailers where you can get your favorite products at, what the best sellers are for the week, what's coming out next week. Um, so kind of this go-to destination for, you know, all things anime um, and video game related. Uh, so yes, we are. We have a few things programmed now on the channel, um, and we're hoping to do more uh, in the future. Ed, um, I mean, and uh, obviously you hope to bring Neon Alley beyond the PS3. I mean, other than the obvious Xbox network, is there any other particular network you're trying to bring it to, or any other platform? 
Um, well, I think, you know, we're, we're actually looking at and exploring all of the different options right now. I mean, things like Roku, you know, could be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a lower-cost way for a consumer to enter instead of buying a video game console. Um, one of the more obvious things is obviously the Internet. Um, but, you know, again, for us, we're really trying to push the whole, um, you know, viewing on television uh, in high definition. Uh, we still feel that that is kind of the best consumer experience. Um, we, I, obviously, we do know that there are you know, people that still prefer to watch things maybe on a computer or a smaller screen. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of expansion right now, you know, the video game consoles are really kind of our, our focus. Um, Nintendo is launching a new uh, system, I think, later on this fall mm -hmm. uh, or early next year, which the will Wii have high U, definition. Yeah. yeah, which will have high definition capabilities. Um, so, you know, there, there are definitely some interesting uh, platforms out there that we can explore uh, for future expansion. But, you know, we're really going to try to focus on the ones that make the most sense for our business right now, knowing that we have a very focused audience, um, which, you know, again, really speaks to more of the gaming platforms. And like I said, potentially something like Roku, where it does allow a consumer to enter at a, at a much lower price point. Now, you mentioned HD capabilities in the new Wii U system. Have you had any uh, issues or trouble getting, like, full HD versions of shows to put on uh, on the network, or you just go with um, the highest quality that you have? Yeah, I mean, so for a lot of the older shows, um, you know, obviously all of our source material comes straight from Japan. Right. So we don't have a lot of control over uh, what we get. Um, there are opportunities, obviously, to take some of the older shows and kind of redo them in high definition. Um, we've done some testing in the past, and we weren't really happy, to be honest with you, with the results of what we were getting out of there, uh, out of that. So for all of the older shows that were never available in high definition, we've kind of been airing them um, in their original format and um, original resolution. But the good news is, is that all of the new shows coming in from Japan are all in high definition. Fantastic. So, you know, all of the newer shows that you'll see on the channel and all of our upcoming premieres will all be available in high definition. Um, but in terms of going back, you know, like I said, we had done some testing with some of the older shows. And one, it's, it's pretty expensive to remaster and redo um, the shows themselves from the uh, original format. I think and Funimation it, uh, found that out when they tried to do the uh, DBZ Blu-rays that they were putting out last year. Yeah, and so we, you know, we've done some testing on our own, and we just felt that, you know, weighing the cost against the final product itself didn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. um, so we've kind of shied away from that. Zach, did you have any other questions? I think I have to end with one final question, just uh, since you're on the One Piece podcast. Um, what what has your experience with One Piece been? Um, I think I think we talked a little bit. Uh, I talked a little bit on Twitter with uh, Amy, who works at Viz, and she said that you're she's still trying to get you started with it. Um, how, how has your experience been so far? Well, it's been great. I mean, I think you know one of the things with me is that I you know I'm also handle a lot of the acquisitions, so I have to watch a lot of different things. Right, right. It's very difficult for me to actually complete a series, <laughs> especially uh, a six hundred episode yeah. one. Is because I'm constantly watching different things all the time, um, you know, which is great. But at the same time, it's difficult for me to watch, you know, a 300-plus episode series because I just I don't have the time to commit to it. Um, but the benefit of of having this Neon Alley service now is all of the shows that I've acquired. You know, obviously I'm, uh, you know, in my off time I'm always 
checking out the channel, doing some testing, making sure things are working properly. And I have had some exposure, um, more exposure to One Piece than I've had in the past, and I've actually been really, really enjoying the show, um, and I'm actually going to be watching the rest of it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great so far, and I can actually see why, um, you know, it's been one of the more popular shows uh, worldwide. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so far, like I said, it's, it's something that I wish I could commit more time to, but, you know, the fact of the matter is I'm watching new shows almost on a daily basis. And so, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of other shows as well that I, I would love to be able to catch up on, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh- we understand and we wish you uh, a lot of luck with uh, your endeavors on Neon Alley and uh, also watching One Piece one day, which I know is, <laughs> might be a lengthy endeavor as well. Uh, so, yeah, we wish you, we wish you luck and uh, hope there's a lot of success for it in the future. Great. Thank you very much again. I really appreciate you guys having me on um, and uh, hope that we'll be able to do more in the future together. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. This is a special recap of Volume 68, and we have Stephen here with us for this segment. Hello, everybody. Before we get started, uh, since we haven't done this in a while, if you have the AAC feed, which means you downloaded a file and it has .m4a, uh, that means you'll get to see images along with this segment. Um, Now, if you want, all you have to do is you look at your iPhone or I think even Android uh, devices may have the capability of looking at this as well, but you just look at your phone at, or your uh, iPod and you'll see a picture when you hear this camera shutter. And each time that happens, you'll be able to see what Steven is talking about. Now, if you downloaded the MP3 version, you won't be able to see it. You're not missing all that much. Just go out and pick up volume 60, uh, 68 if you're curious. Um, and Steven will try and describe what's going on as well, but it's a nice little addition for those uh, that have the enhanced feed. Um, and if anyone has any questions as to how they want to download that, you could always ask that on Twitter, Facebook, all the pla- normal places. Anyway, uh, Stephen. Just to, and yes. also just to start out with, um, what we know of their sales numbers so far, one and a half million volumes sold, four million printed for this, so pretty good. At least. Right. Yeah. So it's all you now, Stephen. All right. So first of all, start as always with the cover. And I have to say, I I really like this. I I feel like, you know, most of the time, all we talk about is how much we love the covers. But uh, I definitely I really do like this. I've always liked the uh, light, the white and light blue color schemes. And it really fits here with the snow. Uh, theme, and in fact, you can actually see there is a layer of snow on the top of the logo <laughs> oh. for the series. Like even the little Luffy eye in One Piece has like snow on his hat, which is uh, uh, a nice touch. And I, I, you know, I didn't even actually notice that at first. But uh, yeah, we have uh, Caesar Clown looming over everything else. Uh, we have this sort of medium distance overhead uh, look at Law. Uh, smoker and luffy um from from above and then sort of behind them superposed behind them we have their faces um and uh it's it's good because i think it it really it highlights 
like the the guys who are really the most important in this volume uh anyways um and of course the title of the the volume being pirate alliance so how do we feel about caesar's color scheme generally I mean, cause I know I, Steve and I were talking about it at, at the panel at, at AUSA this morning, and he isn't particularly—he doesn't particularly care for Caesar's color scheme. Um, I don't—I don't mind it though. I, I like, like it. The, the subtle purple hair. It's not—it doesn't blow me away. About I'm, it. I'm also colorblind, so the purple thing is eluding me. It just looks <laughs> bluish, I guess. But I—I I mean, I like it. Yeah, he's got the purple lips too. It makes uh, it a little bit creepy. Yeah, like yeah. he's got frostbite or something. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Um, and uh, let's see, underneath uh, underneath the cover, of course, in the back, we have Panda Man, who I, I think I can definitely tell now that the last couple of volumes, it's almost like one of those flip books where you draw in the corner of the page as a kid because uh, there, there's sort of an animation thing going on here where the bear, the long bear that Panda Man jumped off of is still sort of recoiling from the jump and Panaman has now gotten himself all the way up to the spooky looking sun in the corner and is, I don't know if he's intentionally or accidentally jumping straight into its mouth. So like he, from his, his shoulders up uh, is just inside the sun's mouth. Um, I have no idea what to make about this is, you know, is he is he is Oda trying to conjure up some sort of uh, ancient Greek, uh, you know, Icarus tale here? He's, he's telling some some mythological story about the origins of Panda Man or something. I don't know. <laughs> How but, deep? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I choose to believe. But um, anywho, let's get to the uh, Oda's message on the inside, which are, which are always fun. Um, the picture is. Uh, a, a sort of semi-realistic drawing of an axolotl, which is the um, uh, smiley, the the salamander, um, you know, the the type of salamander that uh, that was based on, with the kind of uh, I don't know what you call those. They're almost like feelers, like little ear things that stick out beside its head. Um, and his message is: Have you ever thought I don't want to be an adult? If there are no satisfactory role models around children, they'll lose their appetite and refuse to grow. If we could somehow utilize this property, it could unlock the secrets of anti-aging. The more worthless adults there are, the longer those who don't want to be like them can remain young. But these days, there are still plenty of cool adults in their 40s and even their 70s. What a shame. <laughs> now let's get to vol- now let's let's get to volume 70. Here comes number 68. I think that's very telling about Oda in general. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the let's see. First, the the title page uh, illustration here is actually it's well, it's Luffy uh, with a like a WWF style champion belt slung over his shoulder. His flaming pants. Yeah, this was the yeah. cover of uh, Shonen Jump Alpha volume a few maybe months back now. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall it, but um, it almost looks like something that should have come from uh, Davy Backfight with the uh, just <laughs> totally. the, the boxing uh, motif in general. Um, and, of course, we have the usual character profiles. Uh, one thing that is interesting, I'm sure Greg and Jason were both howling uh, when they saw this, yeah, is despite, uh, despite uh, 
Caesar Clown being spelled Caesar Clown uh, in English, like in the very first chapter that he appeared here in his profile, it says Master Caesar Crown, uh, which is just goes to show you uh, once again that never take any uh, of the the spellings for granted one way or the other uh, when they appear in English in these books because. Uh, no one is, <laughs> no one is really supervising uh, exactly how they spell these things. So, I would take, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would take, I'd give more credence to things that appear to have actually been drawn by Oda, as yeah. appear, as opposed to like this information at the front of a volume that probably wasn't done by him. But right, this is just someone in the editor's office, you know, putting this together and mm. Photoshop. Sounds like an R. Crown, yeah. Well, I think there, that was the other thing too. Is a lot of people. I think when they first saw that, the clown thing, is they thought, well, if he's named after Caesar, you know, crown seems like a more natural fit just to go with, you know, Julius Caesar um, and all that. But and the fact that, you know, Buggy is already the clown in the story. But um, he yeah, kind of looks like a clown, though. A, a little bit. A little bit. He's definitely he definitely got the like facial, yeah, the, the <laughs> facial expressions uh, uh, really get to that. Um so moving on, we have 11 chapters this volume, uh, which has kind of been the norm the last couple. And we have this interesting – this is the first time we've ever seen anything like this. Right after the page of contents, I guess mm. they figured because we are jumping into this volume uh, in the middle of Law's little character switcheroo with all the straw hats, that they have a little two-page reminder of who <laughs> is in whose body and and what's going on. I'd just like to note, note that – like smirking law in the top left corner of that of that page there yeah yeah oh i'm so i'm so i'm so funny i'm so satisfied with myself <laughs> yeah totally what totally what law thinks <laughs> yeah um so that's that's kind of interesting i mean obviously if you are coming into the volume cold without having read the previous one then you will be really confused and you know despite all of the i think kind of the the pains oda took to make it clear, you know, who was in, in what body and, and so on. Um, just kind of uh, an interesting, either that or they had extra pages and they decided to, to do this because, uh, you know, they only have certain numbers of pages that they can print uh, when they're doing these huge runs. So uh, I think it helps. To, yeah. Yeah. In general. It's, it makes sense that they, they would put something like this in. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so let's just jump into the the SBS. There's actually not wait that before much. before you get to the SBS. And I think I included this in the presentation uh, that I gave to Ed. Uh, the very first pa- the page of chapter six sixty eight, which is actually right after the what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pointed out on uh, Arlong Park that there were actually three sake cl- cups that were originally. I think this Redon pointed this out um, mm-hmm. that were originally obscured by text. Um, yeah, the, adver- the advertisements that are always plastered over the illustrations um, were, were covering them up. And in fact, there is actually a, an SBS question about this. Um, oh, right, right. Later That's in probably the volume, that comes up. Is, so yeah. it's foreshadow. Yeah. Yes. Well done by me. Nice. Uh, uh, keep, yes. okay, and, so, and of course, so if you something. had... If you had read this chapter in Shonen Jump Alpha, you would have known there were three all the time. Well, I don't remember. How long ago was this? This was a while ago, right? 668. Yeah, it's um, it's a while back because we're about, what, 20 chapters ahead uh, this week. Once again, the perks of Alpha. Yes. So uh, let's see here. Uh, the SBS, uh, first of all, 
I, I really like the the reader illustration for the the cover on the, our first SBS here. Uh, it is three of uh, mm. Sanji's tormentors mm. from the island of Okama uh, doing uh, like high kick uh, sort of contortionist stuff to make the SBS in, in the side. Sanji <laughs> is like vomiting uh, in disgust and terror. Um, which is it's just pretty terrifying. You know, it's what I assume he was like every day uh, over the two two years. Now, I just want to say, I don't speak Japanese, but I assume there's a fart joke within this first page here. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. How, how did you guess? Uh, um, my masterful deduction skills. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as, as we, we start with the traditional uh, SBS title call, um, the, the first reader, actually, there's a two-parter here. The first reader um, says, shall we begin the SBS? And ends with two question marks. And, and Oda's like, well, what? Are we starting or not? What's what's going on? And then the next guy comes along and says, oh, yeah, I've always, I've been practicing for this my whole life. Like, let me let me do it. Let You know, I'm going to take it away. And then he says, start the SBS. But then the last, you know, it's like start the SB. Uh <laughs> Fart, fart noise, and of course he uh, included a handy little illustration of of Kinemon farting. Uh, so yeah, great, great start. Yes. Uh, next question: uh, Someone asks Oda to say uh, "penis" ten times fast, and he does. Uh, and then the next question after that is uh, like the illustration of this uh, kind of. Uh, uh, sharp-toothed, smiling guy, uh, and he says, uh, "Here's a question: What is this?" And Oda, Oda's like, "Hmm, what could it be? You know, some some popular character, some famous thing. You know, is it could it be someone who appeared in a Ryunosuke Akutagawa novel, um, who was like, you know, uh, a John Steinbeck-style famous Japanese writer?" Uh, and the answer is. Uh, Chinko Momizo, which means like dick rubber or something like that, because it's supposed to look like a dick and balls, um, and his eyebrows are the the pubes. So, yes, uh, we're, this is this is a this the is classiest manga for, for children. Manga for children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and then the final question for this one is, uh, you know, what what are you thinking about right now, Oda? And he says, I'm thinking about Japanese politics in a sexy way. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Exact. This is the classiest One Piece page yeah. I think I've seen. Not a, not a single real question on that one. <laughs> well, thank heaven uh, we have you here, Stephen, to go through yes, it with us. Right, um, to, to tell you each and every one. To um, extrapolate all the dick and ball jokes, because otherwise yes. we'd be lost and mortified. That's exactly. So much more accurate of the jokes children actually tell than... You know, that's actually true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that's to what think. I told when I was 12 versus yeah. whatever you may think. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that he sort of went overboard on the, the dumb questions this time just because the arc is so serious, but who really knows? I don't know how much time is actually spent thinking about what to include on these, uh, these SPS sections. But um, uh, anywho, next, uh, next SPS, uh, the, the illustration at the top is uh, Tashigi with Smoker inside of her um, so, you know, sort of evil, aggressive looking Tashigi. Uh, and then Tashigi inside Smoker is 
like trying to use the smoke powers and losing control and just sort of flying all over the place. And the smoke is the SBS. Uh, that's another another good one. I like the timeliness of uh, of these covers when they actually reflect something going on in the art. So uh, first question, we have the, the diamond-faced guy who it says... Uh, he, he's actually saying in this little illustration, hey, long time no see, but I feel like we've had a couple of these entries recently. Maybe it's maybe they were from different people or something. Um, but anyways, it's the classic, uh, you know, can I can this guy join the the seven warlords? And uh, it's like, oh, man, he's back. You know, wow, look at this guy. He's uh, he's got a little beard going on. He looks more grown up. Uh, and then he tells him to get lost like usual. Uh, next question. Wait, so is, is, this next, is this next question our first serious question? Yes, finally. <laughs> but to a, to a, uh, to a degree. Um, so the, the question is Frankie's hairstyle, uh, which in this illustration has the, uh, the stag beetle pincher look. And he says, uh, what's up with, with Frankie's hairstyle in the new world? Is it, uh, you know, it seems like he can just move it around at will. How many different types of, of hair, style can he create and Oda says it is unlimited uh so look forward to more of that in the future uh which i'm sure we all will uh very uh effective sight gags uh frankie's hair i agree and, I, yes. i'm still i still think i which one do you think is the one that um yao did not want do you think it was the <laughs> stag beetle or do you think it was something crazier mm-hmm. than that well, based on the the pattern so far, I would imagine it involved uh, being shaped into <laughs> genitalia of some kind. Yeah, maybe maybe it's that pink afro from the the Z ads. I would not be that surprised. <coughs> Actually, yeah, I would probably like that. Yeah, I would also not be that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so next now we actually have a good question here, um, which is someone asking what, what you know, Usopp is using his, uh, pop greens, uh, his plant attacks. And they're saying, what, uh, you know, what's the deal with those? Can he run out of them? What, uh, how does he, you know, maintain his supply? And Otis says that he actually, you know, he'd been getting these questions for a while, basically, since he came back from the time skip, um, and he was he wanted it was one of those things that he wanted to sort of depict it in the story, but never really got the opportunity to. Uh, so he has a little illustration here of the deck on the sunny um, where you have uh, Nami's orange trees and Robin's uh, flower garden planter thing. And then right on the other side of the main mast from Nami's trees is Usopp's little garden. Um, and so when he uses <laughs> his um, he said little garden made me giggle. <laughs> uh, that was uh, entirely unintentional. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, when he uses the pop greens, he's, he's throwing seeds, of course. So that's how he replenishes his supply of them as he just keeps uh, cultivating them and uh, harvesting more, I guess, um, in his garden. And he actually says that um, uh, there there is a, a scene of, of this in film Z coming up ahead. He managed to sneak it into the... Uh, script for the movie so that's cool uh, there should be yeah there should be something like that uh, a little scene of that sort in the movie which is cool next one yes let's see yeah um and then yes going on to the next uh sbs um this is a a great sort of useless trivia thing i'm sure greg would love to uh love to, to see this one answered uh somebody went back and looked through uh up through chapter 636 so this is actually kind of an older 
letter. Um, but through chapter 636, he counted every single individual exclamation point uh, in the series. And he found out that there were up to that point 150,096 exclamation points, which is an average of 236 per chapter, um, which is amazing. And Oda's response, of course, is to include a whole bunch of exclamation points like, oh, my God, I can't believe you counted all those. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, So what's this SBS picture? I can't make this out here. At the top, um, it looks I think it's Blackbeard. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. No, I He's see. doing it. his uh, darkness, darkness right, powers right, to make the SBS. Really um, yeah, and then the the next. My question, eyes were inverting there. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. The next question is about uh, one of Frankie's um, things. I, I don't remember this. I believe this is the uh, the vehicle that is in the the soldier dock system. Mm-hmm. The FR. The Rhino. The, the yes, black yeah. black. You wrote, it, you wrote it during Fishman Island. Yes. Yes, it's not the Harley right. Davidson or whatever that was called yeah. from a strong world. <laughs> what was that? No, Harley Davidson. So yes, the, the black, black rhino FRU four, and um, they wanted to know what the FRU stand for, which is actually something I was wondering myself. Um, so I'm glad that we got this answer. And the FR is for Frankie and the U is for Ude, which means arms, because um, if you, if you look uh, when he does the General Frankie, the giant robot, uh, the the black rhino motorcycle is his arms uh, in that form. Um, so that uh, sort of ties into his big Voltron attack. And then uh, following this, this is actually this is the coolest thing in the SBS. And I, I know I saw some people uh, discussing it on on AP forums and such. Uh, a, a reader sent in a question saying when Sanji was very first introduced, um, this reader is guessing that he might have been based on Leonardo DiCaprio from Romeo and Juliet, um, which I think was kind of his first big break in, in Japan. Um and so he says, is that, was that the model for Sanji? And uh, Oda says, yes, I did get a lot of, of DiCaprio comments, but it's actually, he has a, a much more obscure, at least for, for Japanese standards, a much more obscure model. Um, and it's not really a visual model so much, at least certainly not with the face, um, as you will understand in a second, but more of an attitude thing uh, where Sanji was originally based on Steve Buscemi's character in Reservoir Dogs. That isn't uh, right at all. That doesn't make sense. You don't think so? He's a waiter, but he, he was the guy who didn't want to tip anybody. I'm confused. Well, no, it's just because, you know, he has that sort of... Uh, he does have that sort of... Dangerous uh, it, attitude yeah. sort of thing. Loner kind I of thing. still don't really get it. Of all... No, nah, I love that movie, but I, I don't. Yeah, see. yeah, I don't either. Oh well, but uh, yeah, I never. You know, I, I was talking to Jason when I when I saw this, and I was like, you know, if you needed any more proof that Oda is like a serious film buff, you know, no one in Japan like knows. I mean, they know they're Western actors, but they know the you know the the stars, the the movie lead lead roles, uh, and so on. And Steve Buscemi is just not one of those guys. Um, so that really, you know, it's just another. A little piece of evidence. Of well, I don't deny that that's a cool really thing that, that he likes. Yeah. That. We, yeah. we should have um, as the title for this uh, for this episode. We should have a picture of Sanji with Buscemi eyes. 
Oh, God. Well, if you want to put that together, yeah. Um, keep going. Okay, yes. And he, he points out that there was one person uh, at Bandai who who figured this out once, and that was the only time he had ever anyone had ever guessed, which, you know, based on your guys' reactions, I guess makes sense because uh, apparently not everyone would agree. Um, anywho. Yeah, also I'm not making that the picture for the episode. But I might put that on, I might put that on our new Tumblr, though. Um, that's why I have it now. <laughs> Go on. That's right. This is what you can look forward to. Yes. On the One Piece podcast Tumblr. <laughs> so uh, next next SBS, uh, the illustration, I kind of like it, is uh, it's a drawing of Law outside at the, uh, the, the battle with the big ship where he, he split it up into pieces. And you can see the the ship and the the object or the sculpture as they called it is the s and then two of the uh g5 probably guys are sort of contorted in split in half into the the uh, the b and the s um, yeah there's a head on a butt there i could see that yeah <laughs> yeah <it is. laughs> and then they have the the guy who's holding the other guy's head in his hand um yeah another nice nice one there and uh First question, Oda, can I touch Nami's boobs? And Oda says, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? And then the next postcard is, what? 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 Could, you, could you repeat that again? And Oda says, okay, uh, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Um, so another great use of space on the, the SBS. <laughs> um, and then the next one, this is a, another kind of interesting process question. Someone says, uh, why why is it that Luffy doesn't shrink anymore after Gear Third? Is it because you are a pervert or is it because Luffy has gotten tougher and evolved his abilities? Uh, and he says, Well, it's the it's because Luffy has uh you know advanced his his skills. I don't understand what the first uh, option meant. Um so he uh, he he says, uh, yeah, he's he's gotten better after his training at uh, utilizing gear second and gear third. Um, and so he says when he told the anime staff uh, he's not going to shrink anymore, they said, oh, thank you. Oh, thank God, um, because, uh, you know, it takes a lot of extra animation in order to do that. And he also points out that it also eats up lots of panels in the manga. So uh, it helps him as well. Thanks, Luffy. Um, and then following that, we have uh, a lot of information about the supernovas, uh, specifically their heights and their ages. Um, and of course, these are all in uh, centimeters. So I had to look all these up beforehand and, and uh, get the uh, proper inches and feet. Thank you, Stephen, for translating yes. it to real heights. Yeah, you heard right. me, all Correct. you non-Americans. <laughs> That's right. Wow, I've offended everyone. So uh, going down <laughs> from the the greatest height to the you're on your own shortest. Yeah, I know I'm on my own. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna go in the corner here. You can keep going, Stephen. Yes. So uh, first we have Rouge, who is three meters and eighty eight centimeters, uh, which is twelve foot eight. Damn. Um, he is huge. Yeah, and age forty five. Can I also say that's the only picture of him I've seen where he's not smiling? I mean, I think I've seen that one other time, and it was when he was offered an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Even still, that's an upside-down smile. That's true. I mean, yes. This is, it's, this is the only part where he's the mad monk is actually mad. Um, <laughs> Not just mad. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess it does have a double meaning. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So Apu is uh, 2.56 meters, which is 8 foot 4, and he is wow. 29 years old. Drake is 2.33 meters, which is 7 foot 7, and he is 31. I thought he was like a normal human for a little while. No one is a normal human in one piece. Normal <laughs> size. Uh, Hawkins is uh, 2.10 meters. That's 6 foot 10 uh, and 29 years old. Kid is 2.05 meters, which is 6 foot 8, and he's 21. He, and also uh, so, assume, assume these ages for two years ago or for now? Um, let's see. I mean, it looks like the pictures. Oh, this, took, yes, this is, this is from two years before. So everyone that we it, have it seen. It looks like the images are from two years ago. So Well, then Kid is, I think, is he Steve's age and a little bit taller than Steve? Is, this, is Steve 23? <laughs> He is, um, right? Yeah, yes, he is. I think he is, and so, and I think he's six foot, like five or four, right? He's four, six four, yeah. And so, I mean, kid's only a bit taller than him, so kind of normal-ish. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, it, it, well, it's kind of odd that he says, you know, add two years for everyone who has reappeared, as though like the other guys have not aged two years or or dead. dead. Yeah, I guess that. I mean, he also points out because Bonnie has the age shifting powers, hers is just a a. Uh, uh, I don't know, I guess, I suppose. Um, hmm. So let's see, that we just kid. Uh, killer is 1.95 meters, 6 foot 4, and 25. Uh, law is 191 centimeters, uh, that's 6 foot 3, and 24. Bonnie is 174 centimeters, which is 5 foot 8. Oh, she so is- she's my height, and that's a normal <laughs> size. Okay keep going um and she is possibly 22 and capone is 166 which is five foot five and he is 40 ha i'm bigger than a pirate (laughs) (laughs) you're you're taller than five foot five five six man oh okay keep going yes so next sbs um which is kind of hilarious picture here the illustration is of brooke doing his uh, sort of ghostly soul form uh and then the 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 wisp of of whatever that, uh, uh, that ectoplasm kinda, that brooke's kind of wonky looking <laughs> yeah yeah but he it <laughs> looks uh like maybe the person drew it with their left hand like oda style or something uh because it's really creepy looking um anyway the the questions here are actually really good these are probably the best two um the first uh points out that in ace's death scene spoiler alert uh <laughs> no you're saying the spoiler alert before <laughs> <laughs> Spo- that was my spoiler alert you've been spoiled <laughs> thank you for alerting me to that <laughs> yes um so they point out that he 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 tells luffy to give this message to everyone because he can't shout anymore. Um, and he tells them, he tells Luffy to tell them, thank you for loving me, um, basically. And he said, did Luffy actually do that? Uh, and Oda says, yeah, that's a good point. He did promise to do that. But if you actually look at what happens in the scene afterwards, uh, Luffy never actually like met up close with any of the Whitebeard crew. Um, but he says that this is actually, it works out, this way because the the whitebeard crew i mean they already they they loved ace and they knew that that he was grateful and you know their love was shown by the fact that they were there doing this war um for his sake um and so they didn't really need 
to to hear that from from Ace's lips to know that it was there. Uh, and there's actually, you know, sort of a secret or a, a, a hidden uh, request from Ace to to Luffy in this, which is that he says, tell tell this to everyone afterwards, which basically means that Luffy has to survive uh, in order to tell them. Um, and that's sort of what he wants Luffy to do. He's, you know, he's saying, tell them afterwards, which means you have to survive to do that. Um, and, uh, and so he says, basically, you know, whether or not they heard it, like Ace's final words reached his, uh, his friends, uh, in his opinion, which is a, a cool question. I, I'm glad he, he included that one in this because it's been a pretty weak SBS otherwise. Uh, and then following that, we have the question as we, uh, referred to earlier of the, the cups at Ace and Whitebeard's grave on the, uh, the cover page, um, and uh, this person who who wrote the letter actually saw it at the the One Piece tent, the exhibit, because they you know they they would take the uh, I'm not sure if they took the entire chapter, but they would always have something from that week's chapter uh, pasted in the exhibit um, every week, and so people were able to see because obviously all the um, all the advertisement stuff is just digitally superimposed onto the illustration. Um, and so people were saying that they went to the exhibit and they saw that there were three things and it just so happened that, um, the, the crappy text design, uh, covered it up in the actual magazine. Um, and, uh, Oda points out, yes, that's, that is true that this happened and people couldn't see it in the magazine. Um, but, uh, there was, you know, the, uh, the the clean version of that uh, on the exhibit, so people saw it otherwise, um, and you can of course see it for yourself. Um, and as for what this means, I leave it up to your imagination. Gee, I wonder what it means. I wonder what that means and who it, it huh. could be. I wonder what that. Yeah. Means. Oh my god! <laughs> A nice Harvey Birdman reference, nonetheless. Ed, oh, thank you. Keep going. <laughs> Um, so let's see, final SBS, uh, segment here. Um, the SBS illustration going, doing a, doing a throwback here to Thriller Bark. Um, characters. Yes. Uh, just everyone was dying to see them again. Uh, Absalom doing his sort of invisibility thing with the, uh, SBS and Hogback is yelling at him. Like, why would you make that invisible? Um, and Sindri is saying to Hogback, uh, I wish you, I did not have to look at you, uh, as well. Um, <laughs> it's actually nice, good. uh, cut down. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, of course it seems like this is, has become a, uh, a mainstay of the SBS. We have the childhood, drawings of characters uh in this case we have hina smoker and tashigi so when oda does his quick like his drawings of children they never have fingers they all have mitten hands (laughs) all kids don't have fingers ed god (laughs) so stupid yes keep going yeah so let's go through these uh one at a time so on the left uh we have hina um, and just so everyone is, is reminded, or if you didn't know before, Hina, like, like many of the women in one piece, um, who are named after birds, uh, Hina is the word for chick. It's a baby bird. Um, and as we can see here, she has a, a little bird of some kind. I don't want to say it's a dove cause I, these are like the 
crappiest looking birds I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, just a generic bird in standing next to a bird cage. And she also has a cage full of uh, Heracles stag beetles uh, on the ground, which I, I'm trying to, to decide whether I think this means that like she grew up in a pet store or like her family ran a pet store or if she was, you know, really into animals. And so she, these are like her, her own pets at home. She's dressed rather nicely as well. Yeah. She has a nice little dress on. And um, and the cage theme keeps going since she cages. Yeah. Up everything. Yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah. Um, yes. Definitely keeping it with her uh, theme there. Little, and little hooligan smoker and his dog. Yes. Little, little smoker. Now this, I, at this point I have to wonder you know, Oda draws Panda Man in every mob scene, but really he should be drawing that dog because apparently every, like every other boy in the series grew up with a ragamuffin dog on the street. <laughs> uh, like there's been at least yeah, one I, of every I pointed ball. that out at the, uh, I pointed that out in the panel today that all the dogs look like Shushu. Right. Maybe it was Shushu. All, all, all the cute dogs. Yeah. That's well, possible Smoker. Like a, it's uh, possible Smoker grew up on East Blue. I mean, well, who knows? Yeah, you never know. So he's got the uh, the nail bat. Um, See, sometimes clearly... kids don't have to have pipes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Sometimes they can have as long nails as it into doesn't a bat. Draw blood. Well, that might. Yeah. Oh, but they're all put. They're all bound. They're all pounded into the bat. It's all the uh, flat edges on the outside. Ouch. At any rate, he's been whacking somebody with that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got the goggles. Oh. Um, but yeah, he kind of just looks a lot like the other, some of the other guys, uh, that we've seen, uh, as kids. And then, uh, Toshigi pretty predictably <clears throat> has a book of katanas and is totally enraptured as she's got her, um, her little bamboo, bamboo sword at her side. Now, does this confirm that she's not related to Kuina or she isn't Kuina? Which we've already had confirmed yeah. like eight times, <laughs> but still. Yes. Yeah. I wonder what yes. that little logo on her shirt is. Yeah, I don't know. It sort of looks like it might a just be a clothing cross, line, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I, no. She could be sisters, can't she? I mean, that's not ridiculous. Long lost Cous- cousins. Cousins yeah. related. <laughs> Somehow. Anyway. Who knows? What's the last uh, question? I mean, all Oda last... people look the same. Anyway, go right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the the last question. Someone uh, looked at all the Usup Gallery submissions, um, which uh, all have a uh, a location given, um, basically a prefecture. Which in Japan there are forty seven of them. You know, in the U.S. they they're roughly like the size of a county, but uh, in terms of the the size and the the sort of uh, importance that they have that, you know, they're kind of like States for them. Um, and, uh, they counted up all of the prefectures listed to, to, uh, list them all by the frequency that they appeared. Um, unsurprisingly, Tokyo wins, um, with 219 Usopp gallery, uh, submissions. Uh, Osaka was second with 143, and uh, Kanagawa, which is Yokohama, which is actually basically just a feeder city off of Tokyo, is 142. Um, so, where's uh, where's Fukui on this map? Fukui, that's a good question. I did not look that up. Let's see. Um, Greg's been dying to get in the Usopp Gallery Pirates. Yeah. So yeah. let's see if it's just let's see if it's an anti-prefectural thing. 
Maybe yeah, Oda just doesn't like Fukui. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Fukui, out of out of 47 prefectures, Fukui is 35th with 21 submissions. And the, the lowest is Kochi with seven. Um, and where, actually, do you know where Kochi is or no? I can't look at uh, um, it's a it's a rural area that's for sure um i think it's it's i, th- I believe if i recall correctly i think it's <laughs> like uh west of osaka in those areas um and there's also they also found that there were four from america three from italy two from taiwan and one from russia and we know the one from russia since she's yeah, been on the that's, show yeah uh, that's uh alina just to and, just and just to cl- yeah. clarify, Kochi Prefecture is on the eastern side of Shikoku. Oh, oh. Shikoku. Okay, thank you. All right. Yes, I, which I believe is the least populated, the smallest, or, and least populated yeah. island. Of the- exactly. I think Triple C or CC. I don't know what how you pronounce what his name is on AP. Uh, I think he's one of the four U.S. people as well, since I know he's been on the Inusop Gallery. I think those are the only people we know who have been in that, right? Probably. I don't know. If you're in Usopp Gallery, tell us, please. And then... Yeah, I'd like to keep a tally of it. Yeah, I'd like to know how many of our listeners, and I'll show off your art in however you want me to. So let me know. Yeah, go on. Yes. Um, And that is the end of the SBS uh, for this volume. Um, But there is, as usual here, plenty of Film Z uh, promotional tie-in type information in the back um, including the thing that everybody wanted to hear, Alvaro Levine's statement on uh, getting to do the theme songs. In all oh, honesty, in all honesty, I kind of do want to hear what she has to say. <laughs> so, tell me, tell me whether or not you think that she actually said this, or whether it was a publicist. Um, I love Japan, and I am so publicist. proud to be able. <laughs> to provide theme songs for a massive hit like One Piece. Uh, There were so many things in the world of One Piece that I could resonate with. Um, I hope that you can feel some of those things in the theme songs that I'm singing, Uh, which, by the way, just a reminder, they're both cover songs, so she did not write either of them. Uh, And she cannot wait for for the movie to be finished. Uh, so uh, yes, so he, he does the usual thing, you know, he check it out. This is who's doing the, the theme songs. Um, and you know, I think probably rightfully excited about that because she is big in Japan. Um, and he also has a, a little interview with Tatsuya Nagamine, who is the director of the movie. Um, didn't he direct uh, movie 10 as well, or am I incorrect about that? What was the name again? I'm not sure. Tatsuya Nagamine. I'll look that, or Ed could look that up. Yes, you, you can look that up. Uh, it, he has a little sort of kind of like the uh, the old um, voice actor interviews. He has a very goofy sort of slapstick interview with him here. Say, um, uh, it looks like um, he's been working on Pretty Cure for the last five years. Yes, yeah, that's what that's what he said. He was the executive director of Pretty Cure, and Oda asks him if he is a lolicon. Uh, oh, to which he says, uh, "No, no, no. I did." I did my best to entertain the uh, the little girls, and Oda says, "Well, now you have to entertain the little boys um, with One Piece." Sounds so bad. Yeah, like and uh, I, I think no, I think it's. I was thinking, by the way, the same animation director I think as movie as Strong World. Uh, that might okay. be possible. I'm not. Maybe. I'm not sure because I think those are two different positions, right? Animation right. director, and regular director. 
for some right. reason. It's, it's sort of like the cinematographer and right. the director uh, in a, a live action film. Um, yeah, there's some kind of, you know, just kind of the usual stuff, just, just joking around. And the guy says he's really excited about it. Um, they also have, they just have sort of a list and headshots of all the, the big actors that are playing the guest characters. Uh, so who was confirmed as Z since that was the one that, um, Greg Zed was, uh, so curious about is a, he is a voice actor. He's not a state or a stage or a live film actor, which is kind of often happens when they have really big animated movies is the, uh, the sort of the, the people who do that stuff for a living, the, the voice actors kind of get shifted aside a little bit because, you know, the, 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 the big actors are kind of helping to sell the movie. Yeah. You mean there aren't um, any Olympians in this movie? I'm sorry. Don't there was remember? an, there was an Olympian in yeah, the Olympic World. swimmer who was in strong world. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Well, um, I think she said one line, and I no, think it, it, was a, it was a he. And was he a was he. a gold. Oh, right, right, you're right. So, yeah. There was also a she, like a model or something. Yeah, I, think, I remember right? that yeah. too. Oh, yeah. wow. So yes, the, the guy playing uh, Zed is Hochu Otsuka. Look that up, uh, Ed. Yes, yeah. and he looks like a rather uh, elderly gentleman. So, um, mm. while you're looking, the, he was up. the younger Shaft brother in Cowboy Bebop. That, there you go. I don't That's even cred. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still- uh, okay, and uh, they also have this great. I know everyone was really excited to hear this. Uh, the clothing that the straw hats are wearing were all designed by Armani Exchange. Oh God, that explains a lot. <laughs> um, and there's especially also- the cow outfit that Chopper wears. And there's another French uh, brand, St. Dupont, uh, that played a part in this somewhere um i I think those i think that was the guy who i think that was the company that designed the incredibly expensive pens if i recall correctly ed what were you gonna say just to say hochi otsuka is the voice of megabyte in the japanese double reboot (laughs) is there anything anything? that's awesome oh actually no it's lighters that's it it's not pens it's lighters lighters. well yeah i've heard of dupont lighters right ed haven't we i don't know i think does the name chippity cricket chippity crockett mean anything to you from G Gundam. Oh, yeah. America. He was America. Yeah, that's also Otsuka. Okay. All right. Well, as long <laughs> as he's America, he's all right. With well, me. with a name like Jiminy Crockett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Chibity. Chibity. Yeah, you're right. I think it was Chibity Crockett. Chibity Crockett. No, I remember him. He's one of the few characters in G Gundam I do remember. I remember Master Asia, Japan, who was uh, the main guy in America, and France. No, I don't remember France, actually. Who? No. I'm going to just well, stop right there before I offend more Europeans. Yes. At least he didn't play Quattro Vagina. And, and also Jiraiya <laughs> and Naruto. That's probably his biggest role. <laughs> was, okay. that, was that Catra Rababa winner Vagina? <laughs> Is that what you meant? <laughs> uh, let's stop right. while we're ahead. Yeah, let's, behind, let's as it were. Uh, right. Um, How many people and, have I offended in this so far? <laughs> a lot. Okay. <laughs> Only a couple left. Okay. Um, so Americans suck, Canadians suck, Mexicans suck, everyone sucks. There we it's go. It's like The Simpsons. How many countries can you get kicked out of? <laughs> All yeah. of them. <laughs> I've already... I've, no one's listening at this point. Stephen, keep going. Uh, so they have a little bit of info about uh, the the TV specials that are, are coming after Fishman Island. Um, it points out there are four episodes that will tie into film Z, which I'm not sure if we had actually had a a number attached to this uh, yet. But uh, anywho, it's I guess it'll probably 
I'm, I, I have no idea if it, they will lead up to Z or if they are just sort of tangentially related. Um, uh, but uh, that that will will be part of that. And um, and then Fuji t- Fuji TV will also be uh, doing episode of Luffy hand the adventure on Hand Island. Um, which is apparently a standalone thing on December fifteenth, uh, the day that the the movie opens, um, which goes into his past with Shanks. Um, so uh, that uh, oh, and they this will also oh, weird. Okay, I'm I'm not sure how this works out, but uh, it goes into the past of Luffy and Shanks, and it will also include Kobe uh, after his two year um, skip, which we know that he is now a captain. Um, but apparently he will also be in that captain, which is the level smoker was when we first met him. Correct. Yes. Um, And then there's some more, um, you know, sort of uh, campaign. I also want to mention Toshigi Toshigi is a captain now. And if you want to figure it out on that level too. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a, uh, a, a tie in volume, uh, which I think Firecrotch may have talked about volume 1000, um, in, uh, that, that ties into film Z, which I'm guessing is probably somewhat like volume zero in that you might get at the movie theater. Um, yeah, let's see. Okay. So there it's limited to 2 million copies limited, um, to 2 million. Um, and you, you say that them. now, but they will all be sold yeah, out that's very true. quickly. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's not a joke. Um, Two million is not that much when you think of the whole population of Japan, which will all be seeing this movie. Yeah, Yeah. basically. Um, So that just has, you know, kind of the usual stuff. I don't think I don't believe that it has any new uh, material the way that Chapter Zero was included in the other one. I think this is mostly just uh, sketches and other rough draft type stuff. Um, But uh, anywho, yeah, he closes it out with by. Um, saying thanks to all the staff that you know basically took the entire year putting together all of these ridiculous uh, you know 15th anniversary tie-ins and special uh, events and movie and video games and everything else um yeah which you know looking back on it geez man how much more stuff could they have possibly squeezed into this year not much um i'm guessing um, and then following that, they just have kind of adds some uh, some stills from the the movie, which of course don't look like anything because they're monochrome. Um, but uh, you know, sort of pimping the fact that uh, uh, Kizaru is in it, and I think Akainu, or is it Aokiji who's in it? Aokiji. Uh, Aokiji, okay. Um, and then some more uh, sort of character designs and, and things for uh, the different characters, like uh, ideas probably rejected um, and so on. So, yeah, there is a ton of stuff, and there's even more ads unrelated to the movie after that. So, um, yeah, clearly. Including the very, Grand Arena tour, which is where I think Greg I, went a couple times, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure if he went. Did he go when he was in Tokyo doing stuff? I think he did, yeah. yeah. And then when I visited um, closer to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, busy busy times indeed for uh, Oda and the, the One Piece community in general. It always is. Uh, thanks, Stephen, for coming on and doing this. Yes, always a pleasure. Uh, we're looking forward to Volume 69.
When does that oh, come out? Right. We have no idea. <laughs> a couple months. Um, and yes, because it is volume yes. 69. How many jokes can we fit into that one? Uh, we've unlimited. made a lot of unlimited. More penis jokes, more fart jokes. I promise yeah. you right this now. This is what you do to us, Oda. <laughs> you, That's right. You immature us. Um, yeah. All right. Th- <laughs> thanks again, Stephen. All right. This is the manga recap for chapter 686, The Snow Woman in the Biscuits Room. And before we get started, Stephen decided to stick around. So, hey, again, All Stephen. right. Here yeah. I am. Um, and let's start here at the beginning. Ed. All right. Uh, this is the volume 11 of Caribou's cover story. And Yay. Caribou is saving him. And by chopping down the, uh, the flaming stake. With, <laughs> He's still with on a, fire, mind you. Yeah. With, with, with a shovel. And that's that's pretty much all that happens here. But uh, yeah. Any comments? Every everyone is disappointed that this is apparently not over yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could get good, but it had nothing nothing interesting. I happen. would have been fine if it ended with him as a charred remain. <laughs> Actually, the only interesting thing that's happened so far is the fact that Corbu is alive. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Okay, Ed, start off the chapter, please, before this gets more frustrating. Right, we start on a uh, outdoor shot. We move inside to the biscuits room, structure B, third floor, third lab, and Zoro and Monet have crossed swords. And it's a very you know, dynamic scene with the speed lines and everything. Um, and Robin is like, "Yeah, it's only a scratch. It looked a lot more serious." Last, well, what are last those week. swords, by the way? Haven't you seen? Haven't you seen um, Kill Bill, Zach? The the bald guy. He has swords like that with the wooden handles. Yeah, but there's they look I like. Think, I think those are ice picks. Oh, that, yeah, that might be. I was going to say, it doesn't look like, I mean, the way it's shaped, it's almost like a medicine, what do you call those, like eyedroppers. Yeah, yeah, a hypodermic needle or something. Yeah, anyway, keep going. But uh, so they need to find a way to stop the children, and uh, uh, they're leaving out the front door, and Chopper warns Nami to go chase after them, and Chopper is feeling very defeated right now. Uh, he, he failed, and now, now Mocha is in trouble because of it, or she's in danger. And the kids are chasing after them, after her demanding candy. I think we might get more, uh, a big chopper development if this if if it keeps going like this with the kids. Uh, we might get some big chopper development by the end of this chapter. But uh, what next? Page? Not the chapter, <laughs> the end of the arc. Yeah. End of the arc, yeah. End of the arc. Uh, well, we'll find out if it happens by the end of the chapter, uh, Stephen. <laughs> okay, so in, in the next page we have we have Mocha. Actually, before. I get into this. I just want to to clarify something. I know this is going to uh, upset a lot of people, but her name is actually not Mocha, like coffee Mocha. It's actually Mocha, in in Japanese. I still call her Mocha in my head just because I can't possibly look at that and say Mocha. Uh, but if anyone ever uh, gets into an argument with you about this, uh, remember that Mocha is actually correct. So anyway, um, <laughs> technically correct, candy. the best kind yes. of correct, <laughs> right? Uh, she's got all the candy and is, um, you know, rushing away. And she, she points out that, um, Chopper actually told her what it really does, um, and how bad it is for them. And, um, so, you know, it's not like she just is running around wild, not understanding. Um, and of course she's got this sort of zombie horde, the junkie horde uh, behind her while she is, uh, pleading with them to, 
get back uh, to for the cold turkey to get all the way through and uh, <laughs> and for them to turn back to normal. And uh, we have a little flashback here of uh, of her crying and the other kid. I forget what this guy's name uh, was, but he's sort of the other. That's uh, a guy. Yeah, yeah. it's a boy. I think Sind was it because uh, he was the one who went crazy back at the uh, the yeah. lab rooms. Um, and he says, you know, it's, uh, we can't help it. Um, you know, we're sick. We have to stay here. We can't go back home um, because we're going to get everyone else sick, all of our families. Um, this is sort of intercut with a picture of him, you know, screaming at her just sort of to, to point out the difference between the way he, he really is and the way he's acting now. Um, and, uh, you know, Caesar has promised them that all it takes is a year and they will be cured. And then we see Caesar talking to the two of them. And he says, you are my first generation of patients here. Um, and he, you know, he, he started this project when his only son, um, contracted this same disease and he passed away and, uh, Caesar magnanimously dedicated his life to never seeing another child suffer the same way or to to know that other parents were feeling the same pain that he does. Um, you know, another uh, award I'm really starting to, here. I'm really starting to hate Caesar. Like, I used to, like, I, I don't know if I didn't take him seriously, but I'm, I'm like, I have serious, serious hatred for the things he's done now. More so yeah, than yeah, I had. He's, he's, he's a villain. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, an, he's an actual villain, a villain I don't feel weird like rooting against or like i i feel like really good rooting against him because of all the bad things right. still. i didn't get that feeling as much with hody or at all really yes um and so he's you know he's playing the uh, the sob story here and um you know working his way into their hearts and um you know he says okay you don't want to go meet the other children um you know they're all from all over the place but um they all have we, we all have the same thing here and then it does this. He does this sort of back and forth cut um, to when he saw when they were when they first met these kids and they introduced themselves. And then you know, cut to the present moment where they're screaming for candy. Uh, Uzu and uh, Dolan, the little sort of uh, acorn-shaped uh, head head kid, and Kombu, and uh, they are all uh, raging for their their candy, and. Zach. And we have Monet introducing a, a new group uh, joining them before Monet became her harpy self, which is. Yeah, her legs are normal there. Her yes. everything is normal there. Um, so this, this, this was been before, I guess, Law. And she has a tattoo, uh, I think. Is that, am I correct? It looks like one. Yeah, it looks like one. Hmm. Uh, is that legible at all? I, I, I can't really make it out. Um,. Anyway, and she's like, you know, tell me if there's any trouble, but here you guys go. And Mona, and uh, I'm sorry, and Mocha, Mocha, whatever. Uh, yeah. She's she's running away. It's like she kind of putting everything together. Even what Monet told us were lies. Everything were just lies, lies, lies. And then you see a really creepy, sexy picture of Monet bending over, saying, "Here's some candy for uh, from Master." It really for says you. more says more about you, Zach. Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then mocha continues to run away just begging people to kind of 
get over what's going on here. And then we head to the Biscuits room. Nami is carrying a freaked out as hell chopper. And uh, not just freaked out, debilitated because he was a monster earlier, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct, right? Um, and saying, okay, now we have to go after them. And Robin follows behind. And Zoro is in the ready position against Monet still. Um, and he starts yelling at Nami because... Uh, I guess he did. He wanted to go with them, and she's like, "No, don't go this way." And Tommy puts Chopper out there as a shield. Um, <laughs> and... Slow that, that look on his face. So we see what it, what happened is that Monet was. Char- <laughs> Wait, I'm looking was... at I'm looking at the look on his face now because he's so freaked out. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> All right, Monet was charging at them with the with her yeah. ice picks, and Zoro blocks it with that dumb. God, I complete. I pulled an ad and forgot what was happening on the next page. <laughs> oh, I'm ashamed. Okay, keep going. And then Nami's like, "Oh, yeah, you dumbass." <laughs> Moni's like, "Ah, too bad." And Zoro is very—he's um, chagrined by her shameless behavior. And Nami breaks out her climb attack and she starts firing a heat. Well, egg. he also calls calls Nami the weakest, which I'm glad she immediately like shows that she's not. No, well, she is the weakest, though. She's strong, but she's still the weakest. I don't know if that's true. Who is she stronger than? Robin, maybe? (laughs) Okay. It's Uh, called sexism, Ed. Also, I just want to note at the top of the... Which one of us is sexist again? I also want to note at the top right-hand corner of the page how she moves Chopper to the side there with, with his cheeks. I do like how, like, apparently none of them can carry Chopper without smushing his cheeks together like that. Oh, yeah, that, that was also the gag in uh, Fishman Island at the end. I forgot. <laughs> he Chopper's face and her boobs, basically. Uh, the heat does work on her. And, uh, and, and then Nami's like, ah, run away, run away. Uh, but then Monet says, uh, uses her nickname and, and her bounty. And, uh, and, uh, she, and Monet uh, sneaks away. She's sunk into the snow. And um, Zoro is getting annoyed that she won't fight him head to head. Steven. Uh, and uh, then as we see Nami and Robin running towards the exit, uh, suddenly a, a big snow wall pops up that just fills in the entire doorway. Um, and, and then Monet follows that up with uh, permafrost, uh, basically sort of trying to um, fix, fixate them, keep them stuck on the ground um, with the snow around their ankles. Um, and, uh, you know, the snow is sort of tr- uh, uh, traveling up Nami's body, uh, uh, isolating her legs and everything, and it's freezing her. And then we get the stuff of nightmares over here on the, the left side of the page as uh, Monet sort of uh, materializes out of the snow, <laughs> looking like Slight- an actual harpy this time. Slightly less sexy. Slightly. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> um, well, it probably depends on who you ask. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's terrified Chopper's hat off. Um, and antlers. And antlers, yes, uh, as is usual, because um, he's looking straight at her while she's um, sort of swooping up behind Nami, um, and and Zoro's like, "Oh, damn it! She went after them again," and uh, you know, so we sort of have this weird train thing going where uh, Zoro wants to fight Monet, but she's going after Nami and Robin. Uh, who don't want to fight her. They want to go after the kids. Um, you know, it's just this whole... Nami, Robin, and Chopper. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, and, and Monet points out, you're not going after uh, those children. And then Nami uh, swishes Chopper out of the way just at the last second as uh, Monet lunges forward and tries to bite his, his cute little head off. Um, Aww. Yeah. Poor Chopper. Yeah, uh, on, on the next page, uh, Robin gets into action and does a quattro mano, basically... Uh, palming her head off, kind of. I, yeah. I don't know how, yeah. how else to put that. Spanking her head off. <laughs> um, like a sumo slap or something. Yeah, bitch slapping. Like a giant... Well, yeah, okay, I don't even know how the hell to describe that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that doesn't look pleasant for anyone involved. And <laughs> Chopper is freaking the hell out on the ground <laughs> on the bottom of the page. There. <laughs> Very warranted by him. Yes. Um Monet, as she's kind of reconfiguring there, is like, you know, can't have this going on. You know, I have to protect Caesar and his uh, test subjects. Um, And then Chopper kind of puts things together and say, I'm sorry, Monet kind of puts things together and figures out that, you know, who who made her all rebellious. And um, Chopper essentially just tells her the truth. It was just her. She figured it out on her own. And Zoro swoops in from the side and cuts her in, and the snow in two. Or just the snow in two. It's just the snow Just wall. the snow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I would figure that he would also go for her, I think, for a second. I was just thinking that. Anyway, the snow goes out into the hall, and you see the children running away there, and Zoro says, after them, Ed. Yes. And uh, Nami and Robin, have, they run out the door, and they need to hurry to get back. And uh, hang on, Mocha. Yes, and Monet is doing her sort of... I think we should still call her Mocha. Okay. (laughs) Monet is doing her sinister passive-aggressive thing. He's like, you know, you guys are so rude. We're providing them with comfort and security, entertainment. You're just typical pirates robbing them. Parents are little treasures, you know. And I want to point out here that uh, I think... Someone mentioned this in the piece together maybe last week or so about Monet being the snow woman, the Yuki Onna, which is a, you know, yokai type of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, sort of Japanese spirit monster thing um, and how they are very protective of their children, um, which seems to fit in, you know, this like speech in particular uh, really sort of fits into that, even if she doesn't necessarily look you know, like the the physical image of of those monsters, she definitely in in character uh, matches up. Yeah, um, but Zoro has a witty retort. It's like, so basically, we're just like you, then, right? And <laughs> he's like, stop interfering! And she attacks him with a snow sheet and uses a a skin blade, which is pretty interesting. Uh, swinging her her wing arm and using it like a sword, and. Uh, but uh, she notices something about Zora that he hasn't attacked her. But, uh, <laughs> and she w- she's starting to like g- gain confidence in the fight because she didn't think she could win until, until now. And then we hear some voices coming from the doorway, the arch, and there's, there's nobody here. And it's like, find the kids, get them out of the lab. And <laughs> Zoro gets this annoyed look on his face because I think he knows what's coming. Well, no, he and- thinks it's the Navy. Which it, he's kind it of is. Right. Well, it kind it, of is. Yeah, and Monet is doing the whole protective of her children thing again, even though she really has, she really yeah. does not have their best interest in hand. No. But we go to the next page and we see Stephen. Oh, is me? Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
Sanji charge uh, leading the G5 at the helm, uh, which is totally flabbergasting and annoying Zoro, um, who has no idea why he would be leading them. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Marines behind him are like, hey, what's the deal? You know, we just it's just Zoro. Um, I don't see any kids. Uh, oh, he's and, a chicky boss today, Ace. Yes, and Sanji runs by and instructs his uh, his new followers to pull out their lower lip and taunt him, kind of do, <laughs> uh, to which Zoro responds yeah. that he hopes they slip on the snow and hit their heads and die. Um, I have a friend who does I, insults like that, but I, I believe Zoro when he says that. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and he says, yeah, okay, now I mean Robin Arpahead, get out of here. Um, and uh, Sanji is uh, appreciative that he was actually uh, considerate enough to tell them exactly what he needed to know. Uh, and he, he says, onward, and then notices Monet is back there and immediately does a, a backflop. Can I um, say he did slip on the snow? And hit his head? He did not die, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Two of the three. Um, but yeah, the uh, and, and of course all the the rough and tumble G five guys are just as appreciative, um, much to uh, Zoro's consternation. Uh, and the the sailors are like, "Whoa, wait a minute! She's not human. She's she's a harpy. What?" Um, but even being a half human monster, she's still hot. Um, in fact, it makes makes her even more hot to them. Um, and Monet is silently blushing, uh, covering her face with her wings, um, which uh, to, to Zoro's surprise. So uh, Zoro's chagrin, I guess, also. But keep yes, going. Yes, yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, the guys have no idea what's going on. What's what's it snowing? Who's that? Um, and, and Monet is, uh, uh, you know, has, now she has to deal with with all these other guys. Um, so she uh, you know, goes back into her her snow form and rematerializes as the harpy, saying, "You're not going to get the children." And she takes a bite out of one of their shoulders, um, which freezes over and then proceeds to just completely fall off. Very freaking creepy. Um, yeah. Yes, and they all try and fire at her now, and she kind of rematerializes, rematerializes. Uh, they all figure out that she's a Logia user, and then in comes Tashigi and cuts her wing. Yeah. Uh, blood coming out of it. Can, can I just say that's a, that's a pretty good like a T two uh, thing with the the bullet hitting mm-hmm. her head, and then it just like absorbs in the snow, oh, yeah. like um, you know the, that is the hole from the bullet. Yeah, T one thousand. Um, and she kind of. Figures out that uh, Toshiki knows how to use hockey, and G5's all happy that their sexy captain's back. Um, and that's what they call They were. I was just watching the anime episode, and that's what they're calling Toshiki the whole time. This is, to them, this is just like foxy boxing or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just a cat fight, and you know how men like right. cat fights. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's exactly like foxy mm-hmm. boxing, mud wrestling, except in the snow. Yes. Um, so apparently they had plugged up the gas, so they're good for now. But you know, it could it could get worse because that's a really bad job if you look at that middle panel. <laughs> <laughs> really terrible job. Um, and Tashiki's like, now everyone go after the children, but I'm staying here because I have a feeling that they need me here. 
Zoro looks confused, and that Zoro's ends. All, Zoro's all like, eh? <laughs> that, that's exactly what I expect. Uh, Nakai, what's his name? Nakai? Isn't that his name? No, whatever. Kazuya, Kazuya Nakai. I was right, okay. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that's what I expect him to sound like. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, what do you guys think of this chapter? I was just, uh, this Zoro Monet fight, I think, is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's more about setting up, particularly uh, Toshigi and Zoro working together um, is is kind of the big takeaway from this chapter. And, and all the other stuff was not really propulsive in terms of moving the plot forward all that much. But also, I'm, I'm just, really I'm yeah. I'm really I'm really interested in Chopper's possible character development because remind uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's one of the characters who's never had his you know, person chapter yeah. title, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if this goes really poorly for him, we could have, like, a whole character development moment. I doubt that's going to happen. I don't know, man. Know. It's like yeah. bad things could happen to these kids. I don't know. Yeah, if gonna, I, uh, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like, you know, it, it is right for that sort of thing, but I also feel like, you know, the when, when Oda previously had sort of delayed that, like with uh, um, uh, Usopp and Robin in uh, Ennius Lobby, and stuff like that, you know, that was because like they literally, yeah. they they were not really fully part of the crew. They didn't mm-hmm. dedicate themselves until that moment. And I don't know that I could say Chopper is 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 like to the point of you know having sort of turned his back on the crew at any point. I don't know. I yeah. part of me just kind of feels like Oda just missed his chance and just I never agree. got a chance to do that. Yeah. I agree. So I'm still interested, intrigued by. It. Yeah. Um, I thought the Monet development was good. Um, and some of the mocha, mocha development, God, you blew my mind there, Steven. Yeah. Was, sorry. I think that was pretty good. I mean, I agree. This is definitely uh, what we've been calling transition, transition chapter. Right. Cause I mean, where did we go from the beginning to the end here? We basically got Nami, Chopper and Robin out of the room. I mean, right. and now, uh, Sanji and G5 and Toshigi are in the room. Right. No, I mean, Oh, G5 and Sanji still there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They haven't quite left yet. Oh, I, th- They'll probably they're on their way out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think you see them running away at the end there. No um, Luffy in this chapter. Though. No Luffy. Correct. No Frankie um, either. <laughs> oh, we found out where Frankie was. Uh, we got a million comments, and I should he probably did? just mention yes. them here because we were blind and we didn't read. We looked as to where he last showed up, but we didn't read what he said. Yeah. Which we should do next time. Uh, he went back to the ship to uh, presumably. But isn't the entire island covered in deadly gas? Frankie's a cyborg. He's that's he's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I I mean that does beg certain questions, but I won't, I won't know that he's safe until I see him again. He probably just used like a jetpack or something. No, Ed. He's probably dead. <laughs> well, prove me wrong. <laughs> I think the one thing we learned, especially after doing the Volume 68 stuff, is that no one is dead unless we see a body. Yeah. Corbu included, which is... <laughs> and we saw his body, and he's that still not the, dead. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big takeaway of this chapter. Caribou is <laughs> still going to be alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, well, let's end it on that, then. Well... <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's a... I was going to make inappropriate jokes, but that's in there. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> This is the Anime Recap for episode 572. Many problems lie ahead, a trap awaiting in the new world. We start at five minutes of the episode now. The title sounds like a 
a life lesson. It's in many problems. Many problems lie ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, toy titles, always good life. Uh, I love the hangover tea here that uh, the minister of the right is giving uh, Usopp. How thoughtful of him. Indeed. Thank you, Usopp. I didn't realize kelp was a good hangover cure, but it's always good to know. I'll remember that next time. He doesn't actually explicitly say it's hangover, but I, it's... Okay, it's really hard. creepy when the minister stares right at me like that. <laughs> no, don't look at me. It's really uh-huh. creepy when Shirohoshi talks or cries or says things or is in the shot. <laughs> Running joke of the episode is to say nose up. Nose up. Hanapu? Oh, is that is that how you say it in Japanese? Yeah. Hanab? Yeah. I like whoever the animator for this episode is. I mean, this episode, I I mean, Ed, you could tell. I don't know, have you seen it yet, or is this your first? No, it's the first time I've, I okay. watched it, yeah. You can tell me at the end if uh, if you think it's it's well animated. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing I'm going to be doing most of the talking. Tamate <laughs> boku. Uh, now, I forgot initially why he was so upset about that. I don't know if you remember it. I don't. I didn't think you did. Your, short, <laughs> your short-term memory seems to have issues today. It's Fishman Island. Also that, but yeah. I, was, I was making a joke about things. Yeah. Oh, so much treasure in my belly. <laughs> I'm sure he won't be surprised when he reaches in his belly and finds nothing there. Oh, God, he's fisting himself. <laughs> I probably just scared my neighbors with that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He is like anthropomorphized the treasure. Yeah, treasure, John. Mm. Ms. Treasure, where are you? Oh my god. Do you see how like okay, now this I like this little uh cutaway thing. To kill time, they keep going back to them trying to fix the thing Zoro broke, essentially. And you'll see <laughs> how that progresses throughout the episode. I don't want to ruin it for Ed. Okay. Uh, but it's a good way to kill time, I think, in a way that you don't really notice, and that kind of is a cool little gag. Uh, this was a nice, earnest, com- earnest conversation between Jinbei and uh, Neptune. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Important stuff too, for the most yeah. part. Becoming like it's talking about the whole, just talking about the ally, uh, the alliance with the big mom. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not really much else, else to say. Um. But, I mean, uh, Neptune essentially saying here, I can't imagine you working for someone, Jinbei, except for Fisher Tiger. I mean, Jinbei is actually, a lot of the time, is working for someone. The government, Fisher Tiger, Big Mom, eventually Luffy. I mean, Jinbei is the perfect Dick Cheney. Don't, that's horrible. Why would you say that about him? He's a Joe Biden. No, he doesn't. He's not as funny as Joe Biden. Luffy, come Okay, maybe he's just... <laughs> I love Joe Biden. I know. I'm excited for the Parks and Recreation episode. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited for that, that this Thursday now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's this Thursday, because that is bound to be hilarious. Although, Jim Bake does kind of have an honest, like, revelation here about, you know, being a pirate, but also being a protector. And also needing hair plugs. I bet you that's what those are. What? I was making a Joe Biden joke about the hair oh. plugs. Oh. <laughs> I know that was kind of ridiculous um yeah so uh, the music here is also really fitting oh, it's yeah. that uh uplifting music it's been a while since we've heard this i, yeah. I think this was used a lot much earlier in the story and Jim, they, they and saw the how pointy jimbei's teeth are 
depending on his his attitude. Look at yeah. that. They're well, still actually, pointing. Not, not as much, but in like in the previous scene. There, like, they're like, not. Like right there. Maybe it's just head on. Yeah, maybe it's just head on. Oh my god, that's creepy. Ah. <laughs> Before you said that, I was about to say apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> Jump. Head on. Yeah. I uh, forgot no, about I, that commercial. That, that it's been a long time since that commercial was aired. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, I like the idea that Neptune says, Oh, we just got all these fishman pirates here. They could protect us. I'm like, would they want to? <laughs> As long as it's good that he's feeling all hopeful now at the end. Yeah, I mean, considering he's all bandaged up. Yeah. Beaten and bruised. God, look at that face. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> likes the straw hats. Jimbe smiling freaks me out. Just legitimately does freak me out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a nice conversation. There wasn't... And, much- and here's the cutaway as they continue to try and fix... Uh, What's going on? <laughs> to notice they are moving the giant dragon with sharks. I did not notice I that. I didn't see that. I mean, next time. That's what we're here for. We're yeah. me more specifically this time, I guess. Shark moving. That's how I move my equipment. Yeah. That's what she said? <laughs> no, nope. That no. doesn't even work. No? Um, and now we find out why he's so upset about the tomato box. Tomate box. Yeah. And tom- Yeah. Going. No, he's like, yeah, you can't ask, can't be like, you can't just like ask someone to give a give a present back. Well, but it's filled with explosives, so I think you can ask them to give that back because there are explosives in it. Yeah, I like this little scene. <laughs> Sneaky of mysterious guy trying to get the time of tobacco. Boom. If only that worked when Hody Jones stole them. It would have solved this all, this whole crisis. Wouldn't have solved anything. That's true. He'd just be angry. No, but he wouldn't have any pills to make him strong, so it would have ended it quicker. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Luffy would have just punched him. It would have been like the caribou fight that we saw last episode. Yeah. Or this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Or really any fight with caribou. Well, they they aren't blowed up yet. Blowed? Blowed up. Blown up, Ed. That'll learn you. They continue to fix it? <laughs> I like the guy on the right. He just is this super serious looking guy. Oh, no. I mean, he's so angry. Well, whenever they almost get treasure, they lose it. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, but I thought Big Mom didn't want the treasure. I know, but I guess they gave it to them just as a peace offering anyway. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim Bay. Yeah, I don't really understand why they did give away the treasure. Yeah. God damn it. Up. Haven't you learned by now she cries at every word you say? Uh, Jim Bay is face just... palming. Yeah. It just makes things more complicated, like he says. Yeah. But more fun, also. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think more fun. You get to, like now the- we got to fight with big... Bigger- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, crap. 
Now Big Mom might open the box and it'll explode in her face, and then Luffy's going to get blamed for it, and that's going to be terrible. <laughs> and Sanji's all like, whatever. Whatever, we did the right thing, yo. I don't know what that was. <laughs> and uh, Nami, Nami is... Nami is terrifying. Nami is about to kick some ass. <laughs> And there goes the dragon. <laughs> All that work. <laughs> uh, Sanji. Even his bumps are in heart-shaped. Uh, I didn't notice that. Although they kind of look like testicles. Upside-down testicles. We've had enough testicles this episode, Ed. Never can have enough testicles. No, you can. You can I have more than two. Three testicles. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, this 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 is where the episode gets slightly more serious, I guess. This episode's been a, bit, a little slow so far. Well, I mean, Chris Beveridge's review, I think, was was on. It was you know, it was a good episode, but it was like a patchwork. Nothing really fit with anything else, which yeah. is kind of true. Um, because this caribou fight really just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. That person. What are they carrying there? Oh, man. <laughs> kind of still pissed about what just happened. Oh, he is so cute. Aw. I love, I love Peckham's. Peckham's. Whatever the hell we're calling him. Gow. Gow. He finishes every line like that. Gow. Oh, he's going. Yeah, I know. I love how the way that, uh, Tamago carries things. It looks as if he's carrying something on his back that are, that are holding them because his arms are so perfectly long and straight. Yeah. And here comes Caribou. And I love how he has time to look up who he is. Uh, Peekums. Where the hell? How did he take out that book so quick? He's just that good. Yeah. I mean, this is an awesome scene in general. So. Yeah. I'll let you watch Ed while I talk. <laughs> yeah. I love the. Why is there still a crowd there? Makes no sense. Presumably, Zoro and Luffy have had time to go all the way back. And uh, Caribou uses a completely original technique, the Gatling gun, which is literally a Gatling gun, and only shoots Peekums. Notice this. Only shooting Peekums. He's not very good at this, you know? Wow. <laughs> Poor Caribou. If yeah. only he weren't a creepy motherfucker. I you would care. are so stupid. We'll be back in a moment with more One Piece. Back on Kids W. Wait. <laughs> more One Piece on Kids WB. No? I thought that was probably just more creepy. <laughs> nice. Thank you. And there's a star, David. Every time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the producers of the series were Jewish, but... Yeah. Who do you think you and are? Pe- and Peekums fell to the ground. What happened to him? Do you remember this, Ed? I doubt you do. Because I forgot it. Can't blame this in my short-term memory, because this is a while ago. And this was random as shit, too, because the lion is a turtle. <laughs> the lion is always a turtle. I mean, that's really a key for life. Yeah, it's just turtles all the way down. Remember, lions are always turtles inside. And he kind of just says, obviously, I'm a devil fruit user. Shut the fuck up. Durr. Exactly. <laughs> I love how he just takes out weapons from his stomach. I, that I actually legitimately find funny. 
And he comes at him with a sickle, and that clearly doesn't work because he gets punched in the stomach to the point where the music even pauses. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, that's that's one of the best, like, single punches since... Uh, and look at that. that. Really, that was a good punch. Probably the best one since the Temri Obito Celestial oh. Dragon one. Yeah, delay, that was a great delayed reaction. He goes flying into the building. I might be a little bit behind you now, I think. Yeah, I think you are a little bit behind. I don't know how you got behind. We were talking about the same thing the whole time. Mm. That happens. Yeah, froze a little bit. I'm at 1735, oh. if you're curious. And he walks off with, or he picks up and says, basically, devil fruit eaters who think they're invincible, or Logia users who think they're invincible always die young, which is a great line. Yeah. Don't go thinking oh, you're invincible. And uh, the audience does correctly point out that a 200 million fairy guy was just taken out in one blow, but Peekum said a 330 million one. That's how that's strong they could be. But that was only like, I mean, if you're part of like a big crew like that, if you're not like doing exploits, you're still getting stronger while you're working for this big crew. That's if you're true. not doing something, your bounty isn't going to go up really. A bounty also, yeah. I mean, bounty is such a exactly. yeah. It's an bounty is based number. off of what you do and your power and like the uh, the danger you pose. I think Luffy versus Peekum's fight would be cool. That would oh, yeah. be pretty. Luffy would win, but yeah. And there's Frankie. I think is this the premiere of his new haircut here in the uh, anime? <laughs> I think it's the premiere of the Atlas Bug haircut, which we talked about a little bit on the volume sixty-eight recap. Oh, Megalo! God, you were slowly, slowly going there, and we head to the new world, Ed. Oh, near the red line. Yes. Oh, man. This is what I'm thinking it is. I love how you have no memory of what happened. It was only a year ago, Ed. I know. Actually, a little less. I think we did this chapter in December. I believe this was the last chapter not covered by Shonen Jump Alpha. Oh. Uh, if you want that little neat piece of trivia. Um, and here, from the bottom of the sea comes pirate ships. Oh. Thank you for the music, Q. More than one, Ed. Yeah. That, uh, I don't recognize that Jolly Roger. It's just a regular Jolly Roger. It's generic. It's the generic pirates back to strike again (laughs) with more generic taunts. Actually, you'll see how generic it gets because there's a lot of uh, cliches. Uh, Really? Yeah, you'll see. But we haven't seen it One Piece in a while, and I actually think, okay, cannon fire, which is kind of... A battle, a real battle. Yeah, look, with the... With the ropes coming out of nowhere, presumably. Uh, <laughs> looting. Yeah. Those ropes were coming out of nowhere. Some rape, murder, arson, and rape. Yes, as pirates were known to do. Yeah. All those things. <laughs> nice to see. The generic pirates are at it again. And we look at G5. And it's kind of nice to finally see the confluence of events here with the manga and the anime. Oh, uh, it's yeah. been a very long time since we've been talking yeah. about it in the you manga. You see these rapscallions. Uh, cleaning whoever's glasses those may be. Generic, generic captain tells them to fire. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many captains have glasses. I wonder who And here comes a young lady whose breasts seem too large for the character that we originally knew her as. That, well, they, Bounces they a cannonball. Sh- Very cool scene. Yeah. Oh, doing that thing with the cannonball. 
These G five Marines also seem very different acting than normal. Oh, she's Marines. wearing. She has a pink, pink, uh, cape flower here. floral thing. Yeah. Oh, the cape is pink. I didn't notice. Yeah. That. Her jacket. Oh, is you see, I, that's the color blindness. I just thought it was white. <laughs> I didn't notice. It took, it took me a second to notice. So that, that is Tashigi, obviously. And here, so her blind, glasses. pointing at a pillar. Yeah. And yet she just knocked a cannon off with her sword without her glasses on. Tell me that makes sense. Oh my god, what is this creepy guy? <laughs> the three ponytails. Oh wow, that wasn't even the one I was looking at. Yeah. <laughs> They're all creepy. She has a point, you know. What? Oh, that. Why don't are they fool Marines? around in a battle. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. And also, don't be sexist. I could fight, even though my That's boobs true. are unusually large, and not all no, women no, have no. boobs. No, no, no. Her boobs no are sense. unusually large for this show. They're actually... No, normal. they're... Yeah, I guess for the show, they're normal. They're and here is a smoker, oh, and I believe he is a vice admiral, and he is interrogating. Mm. Hordy. Also, uh, the voice of the narrator... So if you recognize that voice, that's where you recognize it from. The original voice, as you may have known, passed away um, very early on in the series. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, this actually does tie in pretty well. It ties in a little. I mean, it, this is the like basically the only tie-in from the Fishman Island arc yeah. to the upcoming arc. Um, and it's not going to tie in again until we see Big Mom again. Yeah, the you mean the Fishman Island arc? Yeah. Yeah. Which who knows when that's gonna happen. Could be yeah. a while. I like how they like building up G five as being like crazy mofos. Just fair. Smoker's new look, very cool. Nice to see it in color and everything here. Like the music choice, yeah. which is also he from is, movie 10. He looks like he looks like the fucking Terminator, like right now, with the sunglasses. He does. Ah, he looks like Schwarzenegger. In the no, he looks like the he looks like the good Terminator from T two because that's the hair that Arnold had in that movie. But his hair was different in the first one. He does look like the Terminator. Yeah, because Arnold was like he had more of the floppy hair in the first, which because those movies came out eight years apart. You know? That concludes the episode. I I did really like seeing Smoker again. I'm really looking forward to the end. I know of the he's fish- always been one of your favorite characters. Oh yeah, he still is, and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I mean he always been. Yeah, yeah. That Smoker, any Marine is usually going to be at the top for me because mm-hmm. I for some reason really like the Marines as antagonists <laughs> and protagonists and side tagging well it's also like they're part of the government and that's the storyline you like the most so and and before before we end this anime recap i just want to say what everyone's been waiting to hear one more episode of fishman island is left uh, one and we're in the good part of it anyway the the post arc part um so i want a round of applause because woo! we're almost done and then we get movie fillers uh we might do a retrospective on how they've handled in the anime and the manga since we never really did a retrospect for uh fishman island so maybe next week or the week after so yeah we're probably going to get fillers for movie z which is actually coming out perfectly timed with the anime since it's supposed to take place between this and the next arc movie z yeah and i think it'll be coming out at exactly the time uh, in the anime when we're up to it. So that's pretty cool, actually. I didn't even it's realize really good that. good planning, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we're getting a lot of fillers coming up, uh, mostly tied in with Z. And I'm actually looking forward to going through original anime material because we could actually have opinions about it, you know, besides just, oh, compared to the canon, you know, it's different. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's get into some piece together. You ready? I. 
This is Piece Together, where we take your questions, comments, theories from all across the internet and then answer your questions, comments. And even if you weren't asking us anything, we still answer, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, we're going to be all over the place. Uh, let's start out with Voftel Forums. I also want to note that we will take questions on Tumblr in the future, starting next week. Uh, so if you have them, throw them there. Um, so let's start out with... Uh, I think Great Liver is this guy's name. I don't know if he means liver <laughs> the organ or he's just very good at living. Um, but, no, but he's just a grade A drunk. That could, that could also be it. I think that would be bad liver. Um, yeah, he can handle it. He asks, if we see Marco post-time skip as the leader of the Whitebeard Pirates, do you think he'll have grown a gnarly white mustache or beard? Oh, hey, buddy. You guys wanted to see me? <laughs> not, not as good as... Uh, not as good as the dudes. As the dudes, which is so freaking incredible. Uh, he also asked, would any amount of facial hair make up for how disappointing he turned out to be or for his shoes? I don't know. I, I would appreciate a big mustache on Marco. I don't think he's going to have one, though. Maybe like a thin goatee. I was, I was going to say, I think he would. Do you remember from, I haven't watched The Office in a while, but when Ryan got that really crappy goatee. <laughs> no, it was a really crappy, like full beard that he tried. Oh, that's what it was. It was that full. It was just so oh. crappy. I, yeah. That's what Marco would get. I imagine Marco just being Ryan from The Office. I mean, <laughs> they're both kind of useless. Um, all right, this is piece on one. I get it. Uh, he says hello, Zach and Ed, and I hope also Firecrouch. Sorry to disappoint there. Uh, first and foremost, answering answering to your previous answer to my previous question. Okay. Uh, fishmen are mammals. They aren't fish, for God's sake. Oda said so himself in volume 10, second SBS, and you can- definitely can't deny Oda. All right, well, that's fishmen, but I'm sure mermen are probably fish. I don't know. I, it doesn't really make sense that fishmen would be mammals and then exist underwater, although it would explain the fact that they need air. Yeah, I, well, or they can't get it out of the water. They don't have gills, I suppose. Or maybe they do have gills. I think they do. I think some do. Yeah, they do. Uh, this is confusing. That's very confusing. Anyway. I'd like to not think about fishermen anymore. I'm up for it. Uh, his question. I think it I, I don't think it has to do with fishermen, so perfect. I think it is now clear that Law used Luffy to be able to get the sad ro- to the sad room, but did his goals change? Did he just make up something to convince Luffy to help him, or does he really have something against an emperor? If you think he made it up, what do you think are his true intentions? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think he made it up. But yeah. if he did, I no, I don't even know what he would be doing. I don't think he made it up. But I do think he had short-term plans for Luffy to help him with that. Mm-hmm. Um I think getting the sad is part of his bigger plan. I think Use one of, against somebody. I think we had a piece together a while back saying that Do Flamingo was maybe Kaido, and then it would kind of make sense if it were an emperor. I also would. I think, don't remember that one. That's that's an interesting theory. I don't think it makes any sense personally because yeah. I think Kaido has been established as a, its own his own individual. Um, I I don't know. I think that whole thing would have made sense if you wanted to build up an alliance against a warlord. On the other hand, why would Luffy care about Do Flamingo? I don't know. I know, that's a good question. Anyway, uh, the Ice King uh, asks, do you think Vegapunk is making these artificial devil fruits by cloning an original dragon-based Zoan devil fruit, or is he making these fruits purely on his own, possibly with the use of dragon DNA, which we do know exists in One Piece. Didn't we learn that DNA existed? We did see one of those uh, uh, double helixes in his secret room. 
Yeah. Anyway, he said it was interesting to note that Mamanosuke's fruit had circles rather than the characteristic spirals, which we did actually mention, yes. Um, also, is it possible that these dragons have different abilities? The first two we saw were fire-breathing, uh, but Mamanosuke looks as if he, would, uh, he could fly by grabbing and climbing through little clouds, almost like a cloud-bending technique, which is an Avatar reference, I believe. Uh, so many different types of dragons have different types of abilities. Mamanosuke does look significantly different than the other ones. What do you well, think there's about There's eastern dragons and western dragons. We, uh, yeah, there's always been those two. So I, then that's a, I think the second theory is pretty good. First one uh, was more of a question... I think I think he was probably manipulating DNA. Um, yeah, yeah, that would make more sense, but I wouldn't be surprised by anything. All right. uh, one Barry Kaizoku asks if Luffy were to meet Shanks in the New World before reaching Raftel and possibly One Piece, what do you think would happen? Won't happen. Uh, I think. Oh, wait, wait, the promise um, was that he would meet him once he was a great pirate, not the oh, yeah, pirate yeah, king, that, well, which is a big difference, I think. Yeah, and that might happen. I don't know. I don't see why not. All right, let's go to Facebook. Wow, you guys have long questions this week. Um, <laughs> first, from Nasif. Hello, guy. Why, hello. Uh, is it possible that Don, Qu- Don Quixote do Flamingo uh, has some kind of alliance with Big Mom? We already know how well-connected uh, Don Quixote is in the underworld, as an underworld broker. He looks to me like a character willing to work, make deals with people to get what he wants, examples being one of the seven warlords, uh, having a vice admiral in the Marines, having CC work for him to get sad, whatever that is. Um, could that could taking him down mean disturbing the business between his allies, and could that mean a threat to one of the emperors, in this case Big Mom, and is that what Law meant when he said he needed Luffy's help? Your thoughts? I like how all these questions are kind of tied together this week. I, that's a good theory. I like that theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really see the direct connection, but I also don't see why not. Yeah. Um, all right, this one's from Jeffrey and the Facebook one. Um, ones. I think SAD is something probably developed by Vegapunk with Caesar's help for the purpose of creating the man-made devil fruits. Now that Caesar... Uh, is uh wants uh to have a monopoly on this creation and uh that do flamenco sees the monetary gain he'll be able to sell devil fruits to the highest bidder which is actually a really interesting theory i like that yeah it is i think baby five was the test subject he says um hence ah. her anger hence her anger there um it would also explain the apparent ability to give devil fruit powers to an inanimate object this surely ties into momonosuke's imperfect fruit and why uh vegapunk abandoned it and his quest uh against do flamingo who has a crew member that greatly resembles momonosuke's perception of what a pirate should be and if i'm right what does it say about Law's motives? And actually, it works even better. I really like this theory, by the way, because Momonosuke sees a Doflamingo when he freaks out. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think this is probably the second best theory I've heard on this podcast after the Raftel being Well, the no, there were, there were two kingdom. really good theories that week, wasn't there? Anyway. Yeah, there were a couple, but... This one, I want to remember this one, Jeffrey Bolton. So remember that name because he might be right and have ruined this entire arc for you by giving the answer to that. Um, actually, we have a little more on Facebook. But what do you think about that, um, Ed? I think it's a pretty good theory. All right. yeah. I like it a lot. I, yeah. I put my endorsement behind that. I am. That's what I'm betting is going to happen. Uh, Makala, uh, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, but he says, On the topic of conventions, is the podcast going to be at Anime Next next June? Uh, not positive yet, hopefully. Uh, as you guys may know, I'm taking a very uh, 
deep sabbatical, I'll call it, a long sabbatical next year, which we'll talk more about at the beginning of the year next year. Um, so, yeah, probably going to go there, but uh, we'll find out probably earlier in the year, um, in 2013. Finally, on Facebook, Ron asks, I just realized Big Mom is the mom from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Can you explain that question to me, Ed? <laughs> Well, uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape is a sort of cult movie from 1993 with Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio plays a mentally challenged man in this film. Uh, but the the mom in in the movie is, um, well, very large. And to the point where when she dies, to avoid the humiliation of having people come and gawk at her as they cut her out of the house, they just set the house on fire instead. Cool. Um, okay, so it's time for our favorite segment, Ed. It's time for Peace the Tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Trick the TM who asked, do you think the person Caribou was going to give the treasure and the info- information about Shirahoshi 2 was Doflamingo? Yeah, that's, um, that's possible. Yeah. Because I mean, um, even even someone as inept as Caribou would have to know Doflamingo's reputation. Yeah, I mean, he, well, Joker at least. Um, yeah. Black Endo says, uh, "Where were the Sun Pirates during the Fishman Island arc? Luffy didn't need uh, need help to beat Hody, but come on." It seems to me like a lot of the Sun Pirates sort of splintered off, and they, that was a long time ago, too. They might be old. Well, they're still around, but yeah. uh, but who knows where. And they probably are Well, older. and, like, people like Macro are off doing their own slaving thing. Well, they're much smaller. We do know that. But they're, they're still formidable because they were, yeah. they were under the Seven Warlords still. There was still a Sun Pirate crew. Yeah. Um, okay. Since uh, MLAM18 says, since I finished exam... I'm going to finish the Fisherman Island arc. (laughs) Um, Don't be too excited. Yeah. Because she says she's excited. Um, This one comes from Kevin S. Wallace, uh, who says, how would you explain the scientifically made devil fruit? We kind of talked about this. And I I agree with the theory from our previous uh, listener. Whenever you notice something like that, a wizard did it. Uh, Finally, since uh, Mikey D. Pirate has been asking, I might as well answer. Um, he asks, what social issues do you want to see tackled on One Piece since we've seen such fantastic things as racism and slavery? Big Mom uh, tackles the war on obesity. Obesity? <laughs> we will see obesity. I'm, I'm uh, positive of that. Um, um, uh, homophobia? I don't know. I mean, is that, I guess it's kind of in the same vein. Um, yeah. No more sugary drinks. I think Bloomberg would be happy with that arc. It's the <laughs> yeah. anti-Big Gulp arc. No candy. No candy. No arc. candy arc. Um, cigarettes? No. Oda's very pro-cigarette. <laughs> Sanji has to quit smoking and he gets cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I want a whole arc about that. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, you want to round off, it? Let's do it. This has been the unofficial One Piece podcast for Monday, November 12th, 2012. Uh, good episode, right? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, manga recap. Uh, a bunch of Steven. Steven making appearances on the show. Yeah, volume Love 68. It. We had Brian Igay from Viz. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We had news, piece together, anime recap. Uh, everything you could ever ask for. Uh, we're back and we're in full force. Um, Until we go away and Podcast West comes in in a few weeks. But then we're even in more full force. Greg is going to be joining us as soon as Hokotate airs, which is, I think, that weekend. So hopefully we'll have Greg in our last Podcast East weekend and probably in the weekends to follow since that's when One Piece Movie Z comes out. Oh. Um Kind Which of we will not be streaming. Not going to happen. No, we were, no one ever said we were. <laughs> I don't want anyone to be confused this time. No, that's not... That was in 2009 when people didn't know who we were. And now, now like, ten people know who we are, so I mean, we're improving. Um, yeah, so uh, check out our Movie Z special. That'll probably be December 15th around. A little couple weeks earlier, we'll have our Christmas uh, winter special out. Uh, and before that, we'll have uh, our whole Hokutate rundown with Greg, uh, which we're really looking forward to. We can't talk about it now. It hasn't aired yet. Uh, I believe it comes out uh, Japanese time on November 24th, so keep an eye on the internet. We will not be providing that, but I'm sure it will be either on Rocktail Forums and or AP or somewhere on YouTube. Just keep searching Hokutate Greg or something. I'm sure it'll be there. Um... And, but we will tell you about it. Greg will recount his experiences. Um, recount his experience. Yes, I said that correctly. And uh, a lot more. Before we round off, though, podcast awards. Just a couple more days left until November 15th. Vote every single day for the One Piece podcast and entertainment. Uh, we really want to represent the anime community, the One Piece community, uh, and take down Fringe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most <laughs> importantly, uh, we can't let them win. Uh, and... Yeah, so keep voting for us in that. Uh, what else is there? I think that's everything. I think I said everything. And uh, we'll have some. We'll do a little. I suppose we'll do a little anime USA recap next time. Sure. And uh, with me when Steve gets to be on the show again. Sure. And um, yeah. Well, Steve could recount his like hopping across the country since he was at Yomacon and Anime USA and yeah, AWA and. New York Comic Con. <laughs> a lot of things. The, yeah. Yomacon, Detroit. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ed, how could the good people out there contact us? They can contact us at OnePiecePodcast.com and LoftelForums.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast, YouTube.com slash OPP episodes for syndicated episodes of the podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Our email address is OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com. Our Skype name is OnePiecePodcast. And uh, don't forget to call us on our phone number, Zach. That phone number is 347-497-MAJI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call Call anytime. With your questions, comments, theories, suggestions, places, things, (laughs) nouns, verbs, adjectives. Um, Yeah, so good show today. Another good show next week. Great interview. Great. I love having Steven. It's always good. Adds so much to our discussions of all things Monday. Hopefully we'll have him on next week, too. and in future weeks after that. Um, and I think Stephen will be joining us more often, if not the rest of this year, more next year. So hopefully you'll be hearing more of his beautiful voice. Um, but I think that's everything for now. We'll see you next week, everyone. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.